so yeah, here we are. A uh, couple of months later than what it was meant to be, but we're finally yeah. here with Doug Nevins, wrestler, MMA fighter, gym owner. List of accomplishments are endless. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've got... Have a heater this time, so yeah, you're not going yeah, to get shivering away. Felt like the Wim Hof room. Yeah, so... Doug, um, do you want to speak a bit about how you got involved in wrestling and um, kind of early? Is it is it the same avenue as everyone else? Is it a WWE avenue? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, so like, I've I've never really been into WWE. It's no. more been like I kind of kicked off combat sports as a whole. Like my dad did karate when he was younger, um, and that's kind of like my nan and granddad did it as well. So that's always something I've wanted to maybe go and try and do. But then there wasn't much going on around here in terms of karate so I kind of went oh, I'll, I'll have a look and try something else so I boxed out for a little while um, Muay Thai and then kind of met Aiden, Martin, Kev and that and um, got training um, Jiu Jitsu and that as well um, and then kind of from there going into the kind of MMA side of things wrestling became this thing that was needed and you know you can't really you can't go in and not wrestle it, it's it's there and um, you know, if you don't have that wrestling, like you can have, you know, boxing, jiu-jitsu, you, you need you that well, high-level so. guys and they've all got a solid wrestling base. Exactly, like. yeah. I think there's like a Bruce Lee quote somewhere saying that it's the most important martial art because you control where the <laughs> yeah. position situation That's goes, it. right? It's just being able to control people uh, totally. And, and from there, like, that kind of became my strongest asset when I was doing MMA. Um, I just found it, but one of them things I like to do, I like to take people down. Um, you know, at the time when I first started, it was more like double legs um, and kind of high crotch sort of stuff that I was doing, picking people up and dumping them. That was kind of the, the route I went into and I kind of thought, oh, I really enjoy this, this is good. And I just started kind of watching videos and stuff on YouTube, looking a bit more into the actual wrestling side of it on its own um, to add to the MMA game. But at the same time, I kind of fell in love with wrestling. That's something that, it's just from that point on, I've used it all the time and I, I just love doing it. Was there much kind of like coaching earlier? I know there's quite, you're involved in a lot more like getting coached and things these days, but earlier, mm-hmm. side, was there anyone directly coaching you or was it mostly self taught? Again, stuff? like, um, you know, Martin and Kev, yeah, um, Aiden, these guys that you know that I was training with anyway that were my, my coaches, teammates, um, these guys were doing the exact same thing, looking online finding things, coming in and teaching it. So I was always learning off them guys too. Um, it wasn't until a couple, you know, since I've got more into wrestling now, that I've had a, a specific wrestling coach, um, like Nico and um, Vio when I was training uh, through Echo, um, and now um, with the Scotland team. Um, Lad. You want to speak a bit so about Vio? Because I've got, like, I've just got a little bit about him. He's, he's an eight times Britain, British wrestling champion. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's competed in the Commonwealth Games twice. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I kind of, like, uh, after my um, first proper MMA fight, like, that, well, after doing that, like, most of the fight was wrestling for me. Like, I was striking, but I was working my way in. I was taking the guy down, standing back up, <laughs> repeating. Um, a lot of it was, was wrestling-based and, and grappling-based. So I just kind of thought, I want to give this a bit more of a go and try this more, um, try to get into this more and, and, and compete in this as a sport as well. So I was looking around to see where I could go. <laughs> and like, initially it was like Glasgow. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was still training wrestling um, SVG. So still doing that with 
uh, Martin Kevin um, and all the guys down there. So that was what I was doing at that point. I was like, right, I want to see if I can go and and find somewhere else. So I kept looking, kept looking. Eventually found um, Vio's place in uh, Old Meldrum at Coast Sports Academy. So they do like gymnastics and. Uh, I've seen the facility yeah. online. It looks yeah, like an it's, awesome it's place. It's absolutely huge, huge, man. Seems to be like quite a common link between gymnastics and wrestling. I remember seeing George St Pierre. Like on the rings and that, do you remember when he yeah, was like yeah, training for fights? Like yeah. Well, a lot of them say like, like gymnastics is the kind of first way to go if you're getting people, kids into it at a young age. Is his, is his wife not like uh, an international yes, gymnast? Yes, she, so she, I think she competed for Scotland as well uh, in gymnastics or right. for GB. Wow. Um, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, so she, um, his wife competed as well. So like she does, runs all the um, gymnastics and um, do they do like kind of mobility stuff that's combined or is it like um, just basically your gymnastics your wrestling or is there a lot of like mobility classes I think for for through there so I I just went for the wrestling stuff and most of it was like um, kids groups and they just did a lot of um, like a lot of be- like from what I remember watching when I was there like work on the beams and stuff like that and um, and they were doing the what's the one with the ribbons? That one. Oh yeah, the, that the, the, we know what you're on about. Because yeah. so, um, like you go into the the kind of main room past the reception, and there's just two massive wrestling mats, and then there's a load of gymnastics equipment, and then there's like a what's the other thing they can do with the um, poles that like swing around, jump to. The, oh uh, right, yeah, like so the, they had like a, oh, wow. a big foam yeah. pit in the back as well. Jesus. Um, so like after wrestling sometimes we'd be over at the phone pit and we'd just be like suplexing each other <laughs> the um, but yeah so they've got that all that there um, but yeah it's it's, uh, it's an insane facility so they've got like two two mats uh, wrestling mats in the gymnastics room and then they've got a gym but it's a completely separate building so like through in that room now they had a class like a, just like a little classroom that they were running circuits and some stuff from um, and that got kitted out as a wrestling room as well Um so yeah, because um, it does seem to be, I don't want to say spreading to the West. <laughs> it sounds a bit political, <laughs> saying it like that. But from like the early days, it seems like the Americans and probably the Eastern Europeans had like a massive advantage yeah. when it comes to this side of the pond in terms of wrestling. Where it seems like that gap, if it's not closed already, is closing. Absolutely, like I can't mm. think of any high level MMA British guys that are high, well, certainly ten years ago. Now mm. you're seeing a lot more of them, but. Mm. A lot of the British guys were all striking based. You yeah, know, like Bisping and that. Yeah, yeah. John Hathaway and guys like that. You know, it wasn't wasn't much to do with the wrestling, but um, you're starting to certainly see it now. Like Paul Craig's got amazing wrestling. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, was his last fight when he had the guy in the armbar and he was like elbowing him at the head at the same time? Like, and the guy's well, like, I, I just think like if you look at Scottish MMA as a whole, it's definitely on the rise. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that. Initially, when you had Stevie Ray, and I always forget the other guy that initially went in the UFC. Uh, oh, uh, Robert Whiteford. Robert Whiteford. Mm-hmm. They're two like all round guys who've not really got a weak point in their in their in jack the of all trades kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's no strong point, but there's no weak point. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and I think you're starting to see that developed because Americans have always got good wrestling yeah. base. You've got. Are like Eastern Europeans who are wrestling based, but they've also got like this uh, kendo, uh, not kendo, uh, sambo style. Sambo style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I think British, you're starting to see we're 
very well rounded for the fighters that they're taking through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think wrestling's ever going to be a strong point for British fighters, especially. Uh, well, like if you look at countries like America, they have college programs around yeah, the sport, right, and state a, funding. Do, you is know? there anything like that in this country? Doug? It's like, massive. So everywhere else is absolutely massive. We've got we do have like the um, British Wrestling Association that kind of put together all the, the, the training camps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Scottish wrestling is now um, being created as well. Um, so our team manager, I can't say his last name probably, Vasily um, Journey, I think that's correct. Um, don't quote me. <laughs> um, but he's he's put a lot a lot of work in the coaches um, with Scottish wrestling as well. Vlad, um, Gladkoff and David Connolly, um, they've put a lot of work into um, creating that team for like Scottish wrestling now. So it's it's, it's growing. Um, more and more um but yeah like there's there's camps and stuff on um for wrestling over here but you know a lot of the coaches that we have are eastern european coaches yeah you know that are coming in um and we're you know it's crazy when you see some of the wrestlers that are over here um they're really really high level they're teaching at all different clubs um over here so it is it is coming up now um like and a lot more people are you know doing it um, it's getting bigger and bigger. The more every time I go down to, to camps and stuff like that, or down to, to Glasgow to train, there's, there's there is more guys. Yeah. There's more people kicking about doing it. Um, it's just you know kind of getting it out there and showing kind of the rest of the, the country that wrestling is a sport here. And it's available. Do you think that's a consequence of like the rise in MMA in general? And obviously because people are watching MMA, they're yeah. then seeing the specific martial arts yeah, all definitely. being displayed and then taking an interest mm-hmm. in them from there on in. How many but, people do like jits now? It's yeah. insane. Yeah, there's yeah. so many people. That's certainly where my like I started training because I was watching all this UFC and like mm-hmm. I was interested in the striking. But when went down to the ground, I had not a clue what was going yeah. on. I thought, right, I maybe got a better understanding of this. Totally. And then I kind of got thrown into the fire pit, and then realised what it's actually about. I can once you've actually done it, you've got so much respect for the guys that do it because yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. literally insane it's my, that yeah. sport. Like, um, it, I I don't feel like. Um, when it, when it comes to wrestling and jiu-jitsu that there's not enough push if you know what I mean there's not enough mainstream media about it especially I, over over here like I think you still get the same with that with MMA in general right like the BBC's only just started showing yeah, sorry, Bellator yeah. and like 5-10 years ago this would be like the same kind of organisations that would call it human cockfighting and stuff like yeah, that yeah, and exactly. try and put it down but I think with time it will continue to grow right especially totally, yeah. with the younger generation being more involved in it. I just really think they're missing the ball because there's so much money to be made yeah. in these sports. Like yeah. Um, yeah. the popularity, it's 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 one of your first sports. It's well, wrestling is your first sport. You know, yeah. it's it's basic one one on one person, um, body against body, and that's what people kind of want to see, and they'll pay good money to see that. Mm. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the the difficulty with like jits and wrestling and, and the grappling side of things is you can put on boxing, you can put on. You know, kickboxing, taekwondo, whatever it is, you can watch it and go, "Oh, that was a good kick." That yeah, was a good punch. but it's like, more technical with like the grappling yeah, side of it. Yeah, if you don't understand what's happening, like you can't really appreciate what what's going on. Yeah, you're looking at stuff and you're like, "Whoa, they're just rolling around on the floor." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, when I first started doing jits, all my pals used to rip the piss out of me, like, "Oh, you're you're like shagging each other on the floor." <sighs> yeah, you know? and that was that's the sort of thing that they they'd start to talk about, and I'm like, "Well, you're not actually understanding what's going on." Like, I could take you down right now, control you, and you couldn't do fuck all about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you could try punch me. Yeah, you could try, but 
you're not going to get much force when your elbow's on the floor and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Re- wrestling um, seems to teach the most people respect, right? Even, like, the biggest stage, like, you know, McGregor, oh, Habib. Sure. <laughs> you know? well, I'm kind of going back to, like, I, I only went to a couple of your wrestling classes yeah. originally up in... I never went to an SPG one down Was where we're in, at now. Um, up Alice. at Alice. Yeah, I... And my first ever wrestling class, I came up and we were like, right, we'll get a warm-up, we'll just get a, a couple of pins on the go and stuff. And uh, I came up against a 17-year-old guy called Jamie. You'll know who I'm on about. Uh, yeah, 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 Jimmy Jamie. Young Jamie. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in my mid-twenties, this guy's 17. He picked me up <laughs> on my like, head, yeah. picked me up, threw me on my head, and I was like, whoa, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> it was like, part of you, like, you know? beginner's luck. But, you know? yeah. <laughs> but he didn't do anything like fancy he wasn't overexerting himself just the you know, fundamentals just were correct pure, yeah. yeah basics was yeah. just to a t you know yeah. and I, I i was just like blown away at that point like i don't i don't think i came to much wrestling after that yeah. <laughs> that's it wrestling's so like so demanding on yeah your body it's so tough like i think a lot of time that like, you people do it and then like the feel <laughs> feeling you have afterwards you know, getting absolutely pasted, and you're not even getting punched. Around, no, but you're no. like, you come away feeling, like, oh man, it's the tension within um, your body and the yeah, joints and that. Yeah, it's it's just it's so quick and explosive that you, you end up absolutely knackered. Yeah. Um, and you know, when things like that happen, like suplexes and stuff like that, it can be sore. Do you think that's why people maybe get deterred from it? Because we seem to kind of live in a world now where people will put stuff out like things are hard and that will immediately deter people like oh it's hard that I shouldn't do it and stuff like that whereas people that persevere with that then end up getting like immense success and whatnot yeah totally yeah a lot of people like try you know they'll come and try it out um, and you know it's not to say that like that's a harder sport to do than Mm -hmm. any other sport every single sport's difficult in its own right but like you could once you build your fitness up you can roll in jits for like an hour yeah hour and a half and you can you can be alright because you've got times to rest Whereas, like, when you're wrestling, you do have time to rest, but it's just not as much. And if you're wrestling against, like, guys that are putting you under pressure all the time, you're just, you know... How, how long are your rounds and things, standards so things? So, for um, competition, it's three minutes on and 30 seconds rest in between the two periods, and it's just two rounds right. um, for that. But, you know, like... Is that based on, like... Because I've seen a lot of different rule variations with wrestling. Um, is yeah. that based on... A pin for the win, or is it a pin for a point? Or uh, so, so like if you're looking at like American style stuff, I don't know too much about that, but that's like folk style wrestling. So the point system on that's completely different. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like freestyle um, over here, and well, everywhere does freestyle, but that's the kind of the main one that people do. Um, that one's like if you get a pin, that's it over completely. Um, if you get a ten point lead, then you win by basically like a, a technical. Um, yeah, sure, technical yeah. advantage, that's the word. Um, and then it could just be that you're, you you go the full distance, but you're up you know, to five, and that person's got three, and you beat them on points. So they're the kind of three um, ways you can win. Yeah. So, um, But you do see, like, uh, pins do happen, but it's usually, when you're a comp, it's usually a technical advantage that, that kind of gets it. And um, you get into a position, like, so for a roll, it's two points. So if you gut wrench somebody, um, or you ankle lace them, times like if you get into that position you get a takedown that's like four points anyway boom you've got your takedown cool now i'm gonna ankle issue i'm gonna roll you three times that's me got my 10 points game over you know so 
a lot of time you see stuff like that happening because people are chain wrestling and linking it together. They're hitting their takedown, then they're getting a position where they can roll the person, and they're rolling them a couple of times. And the thing is, like, I had this happen to me at a competition. Uh, it was like one of the first comps I, I did, and it was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the wrestling club is called Ernie Wrestling from um, Ireland. And he, he, like, he had me like a gut wrench, and I didn't really understand what was going on at that point. I was like very new to the actual sport as a whole. And he just kept tilting me. So he like, I went onto my shoulder. He took me back a little bit. I didn't really like go too far, but I didn't feel like I wasn't like in control. I felt like, all right, I'm going to try and roll over here and get back onto my knees. He did it a couple of times. And that was it. I got stood up and I was like, what? The ref took us into the middle, raised his hand. I was like, it was like 10 seconds of, <laughs> of the match. Aye. And I just got tilted a couple of times because he took me onto my shoulder and then back up that counted um, as a roll. Uh-huh. So it's not like a full roll, but it still counts on the shoulder, back back up onto a point um, where neither of our shoulders were on the floor, and then back down, yeah. back up, back down. But, and then he racked up his points real quick. So like, you know, if you do, you go to comp and you get somebody who's inexperienced and not sure um, Is that like your jiu-jitsu version of pulling guard, basically? What the guy's yeah, just, yeah, just what like... What the guy's just done, like... like. <laughs> so what's going on here? So, yeah, like... There's the point system, it can be a little confusing until you start to understand what's actually happening and why it's happening. Because um, like even, you know, pins as well. Sometimes people are like, yeah, but my shoulder wasn't touching the floor. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. You're on your back. Like, you, you're on your back for longer than three seconds. But that's you, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your shoulder's not exactly off the floor if you're, this, you know, this much. You're you're basically being pinned. If you're on your back flat, just because you, you lift your shoulder a little bit doesn't mean, you know, if you're turned right over and you're you know part of your back and your shoulder aren't on the floor, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. But if if you're like basically like this and just like, well, just lift my shoulder a little bit, doesn't you know, you're still gonna get pinned from there. You're on your back Absolutely. at the end of the day. So, like even though MMA's like giving wrestling more attention, one of the things that kind of interests me is like when there's like big wrestlers that are making a name for themselves. Like the one that comes to mind that's straight in wrestling is Jordan Burroughs in America. Yeah. And the question he constantly gets asked is, when are you transitioning to MMA? Yeah. Which is kind of like, is that not taking kind of talent away from that niche in itself? Like, I understand the kind of interest around it, because wrestling, yeah. yeah. I think, I really think there, it's not necessarily the, the, the sport, I think it's the money. Yeah. Because there's mm. not much money, there's not money in, in wrestling, really. Like, mm. yeah. Burroughs has got like a, a deal with... Um, Asics, I think, for So these guys like when they've got a talent like that and they're they're very skilled in that area and they can control people. It's like, well, now I just need to learn how to strike and you know, learn basic defence and jujitsu and you know, they can they can transition across and then keep training, keep yeah. training and getting better. So I think more than anything it's like a money thing. It's like, well, you know, he's he's done amazingly well for himself. Um through the sport of wrestling. Yeah. But it's like the guys that aren't as, you know, high, high level. You go to the Olympics and stuff, you're going to, you're going to get money for that. Mm-hmm. But like the guys who aren't making it to the Olympic teams are still really higher level wrestlers. They're the ones kind of, I think that are going to transition across because it's like, well, I can go to this. I can use my wrestling. All I need to know now is how to punch somebody, how to yeah. elbow somebody, how to knee somebody, kick. And I need to know basic jujitsu. But if you've done wrestling, 
some an amazing base. It's a great base. Yeah. To, you know, all you really need to know is it's a great like, foundation for wherever you yeah, want to totally. take it from there. Yeah. Can you defend submissions? Cool, right? I've learned that. You know, not that you, you learn everything as you go. You get better and better at your submission defense, and then you, you start learning about submissions. Well. It's not even just jujitsu. Like, put put a high class judo guy against an amazing wrestler, and the guy's going to have no success yeah. whatsoever. You know, because um, yeah. they've got this low center of gravity with the wrestlers, yeah. great just bases. Different. Yeah, completely different. Plus, style. I also think I'll, I'll ask you a bit this in a wee while, but like. You've got a mental toughness with wrestlers because you've got a lot of weight cutting. Yeah. You've got a lot of like tough training programs. It's not yeah. just like, oh, turn up and we'll roll for an hour. It's like you guys are going to be doing 10-minute rounds for the next three hours solid. You know, yeah. you need to get this sweat out Yeah, It's not like a weight cut every three months. Like Wrestlers will like cut weight sometimes like multiple times every two weeks. And stuff. I, I, <laughs> I watched a small documentary about weight cutting in America and it, it was based on MMA, but they touched on the wrestling and they're like, these guys keep within like one or two pounds of their yeah. weight. Yeah. Um, but they don't realize how hard it is to stay like that. Are you yeah. pretty much the same? Do you stay pretty much on weight? Or? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I go a bit heavier. Uh, I'm cutting down to like 74 now. So um, I kind of sit like 80 kilos. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll cut from there um, and do a little water cut. How, how quick all. a cut are you, ta- are you talking um, like? So I'll kind of cut a few kilos in actual like body fat weight, um, and then I'll probably get down to like seventy seven, um, seventy six, and then the last little bit I'll do water, um, and usually that's like a week long process. Um, so I kind of start drinking a little bit more on Monday, increase it again on Tuesday, increase it again on Wednesday, reduce it a little bit on Thursday, nothing on the Friday, and then I'll probably do like a light workout where I'll just go so wrap myself up. Can I, can I just ask you, it might get a bit personal here and forgive me, but like, I, I know you're a diabetic, so mm-hmm. how, how does how does that work with you, Dougie? So like, that, that's a whole different ballgame <laughs> as well, mate. Um, so that's one thing I think, like, you know, um, it, it's, it's that's a whole story in itself, but you've then got to manage your insulin too. So, like, normally um, I've got two insulins that I use. I've got um, my long-acting, which basically runs one eye for, for like 18 hours, 18, 24 hours. Um, and that's like your base level of insulin that's just in my body all the time, right? And then I've got my um, blue needle. I've got my gray needle, my blue needle. That's just what I call it. But uh, the Nova Rapid, which is like my fast-acting insulin. So that is used when I consume carbohydrates. So if I have a slice of bread, it's 20 grams of carbs, I'll do two, two units now that's not to say that's exactly the same amount of units every single diabetic would use, but for me that's that's what I do. Um, so I do one unit of insulin to every ten grams of carbs. So what I then need to manage basically when I'm starting to wake up is, am I going to have a hypo? <laughs> and I don't want my bloods being high too because if I'm super high all the time, my training performance is shit. I feel shit, and it's in the long term detrimental to my health. If I have a hypo, <laughs> I feel shit. I won't be able to train because I'm having a hypo, and then I'm gonna need to consume more calories and more, you know, carbs to you know, counteract that situation. So then I'm in this position where I need to kind of find that mid range, where you know my bloods are okay. They're not too high. They're not too low. Um, they say normally between like four and seven, um, but for me personally, I'd I go between like four and ten. I'm happy with any bloods between there because like it's not too high that it's like you know you're gonna have a, a negative effect 
Um, but um, you know, if I'm going to do a hard session, I'm going to do an hour and a half wrestling, and I'm like four, and I've not had carbohydrates in that before, I'm probably going to have a hypo mid session. Yeah. So I'd rather be a little bit higher, you know. So then you've got to think about how much insulin you're taking as a whole. So I usually reduce my um, long acting insulin so that my bloods are not kind of constantly getting um, lowered throughout the day. So they'll run a little bit higher, and then I can manage it with my Nova Rapid. Um, but you then got to think about how much carbs you're eating. And if I'm eating a certain amount of carbs, I then need to reduce the amount of insulin I'm having, depending on what kind of session I'm doing. So if I'm going to, again, go do a hard wrestling session, and I've had 60 grams of carbs, what I'd probably normally do is knock off two units, because I know I'm going to go into that, and my bloods are going to get reduced anyway, because my heart rate's up. You know, I'm working really, really hard, burning loads of calories, sweating like fuck. So I know that I'm going to probably, by the end of that session, be um, lower anyway. So if I knock off a couple of units of insulin, it kind of reduces my risk of, of uh, you know, having a hypo. But this, like, I've done this over, like, when I first started training and training for long periods of time, and back when, like, me, Martin, Kev, and Aiden, Ginge would kick about from, like, club to club when we were training at the boxing club and then going to um, focus for our jits and then going wherever else for, you know, through to Inverness for MMA and stuff, and we'd be doing these, like, two, three, four-hour sessions, like... I'd be having hypos all the time because, like, at that point, I didn't have any clue. I had no base to go, go from because all I'd ever done is football. And they, they were only hour-long sessions, you know? Yeah. So, like, an hour-long session running around, yeah, it's tough on your body. Yes, it's going to, you know, have an effect on my bloods, but it was nothing <laughs> compared to what I was doing with, with training. So, like, that had to, I kind of had to figure that out as I went. Um, and, you know, I've had help from you know, diabetic nurses and stuff like that, but it's difficult someone telling you to do something you can get an idea but you've got to figure it out for yourself absolutely you know, as you know, it depends you know if i'm using one unit to every 10 grams of carbs like that's me but what if somebody else is using two units to every 10 grams or maybe they're using half a unit to every 10 grams like it's going to be completely different you've just got to kind of figure it out for yourself but going back in terms of weight cutting um it's basically try and keep myself in that range so I'm not going high or going low um, and then make sure that my performance is still high um, and then I'm kind of focusing my carbohydrates in terms of what, like, what I'm eating through the day around my sessions so that I'm fueled for my session but my bloods are going to be okay as well. <laughs> so it can become a bit of a nightmare. Um, when I'm actually doing the water cut, that's completely horrendous because I'm kind of not I can taking... imagine like a day being a diabetic when no water is like being relentless. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, for anybody, it's brutal. But yeah, it's it's dude, it's it's not not fun. Um, but it, at that point, it's like, well, I'm only doing it for a short amount of time. Yeah. Like that last day, so I cut out my carbohydrates as well, and that's to make sure that I'm not retaining more water. So then that becomes a real balance. Um, and the last cut I did um, at the British Championships last year for wrestling, like my bloods were high as fuck on the Friday. Because I was, I was waiting to weigh in. Now, I made weight fine, but that day I wasn't consuming any carbs. I wasn't eating anything. I wasn't drinking anything. It was a very, you know, like, long day of just no, nothing. But I've then still got to manage, like, I don't want to have a hypo. Because if I have a hypo, I need to eat. And then that's going to affect my weight. And then I also don't want to go too high because then I just feel like shit. I almost feel, when you go, like, when I get high blood sugar, it's really, really high. I just cramp all up my body. And I get this really sick feeling. 
like I'm going to spew. I'm not going to spew, but I just feel horrendous. Get a very metallic taste in my mouth. Mm. It's just not fun. Dry mouth, and, and you've got a dry mouth anyway from not having any water. Yeah, but at that point, it's just it's a fucking nightmare. So trying to figure out like how you know how to make sure my bloods are in line <laughs> as well as hitting weight can be a bit of a nightmare. But I think you just got to try. You know, it's kind of certainly committed to the cause. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is, that, is that something you would like to see go from all combat sports? Is the weight cutting? I mean, I know as we we're just talking about there, it doesn't seem as I don't want to like, um, you know, uh, play it down or anything. It doesn't seem as bad as like when people cut weight like twenty five pounds of that in like MMA yeah, and stuff, I'd, I'd which is like crazy. Like, yeah. But it does seem like it just has like a negative effect rather than maybe someone coming in seeing what people fight at a healthy weight. So it takes mm. all this kind of guys kinda... never look good when once they've done a water cut. Like yeah. guys look that like look, look at the Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's the one that always sticks that's in the one my mind. Where his he face looks like always he's on, like, like sucked heroin, in. Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's it's not good. But um, you see him at forty five and seventy, it's a complete different yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same it's, person. It's mad. Um I think like boxing has loads of different weights. Yeah. And I think that's good. Um because like you look at wrestling, right? You've got fifty seven, sixty five, seventy four, eighty six, ninety seven, and it's like plus one hundred and twenty. Yeah. yeah, that's Fucking not a lot. Yeah. So you've got to go like I sit normally around about eighty kilos. Like, if there was an 80 kilo bracket, sometimes there's a 79 kilo bracket, um, but that's not like um, Olympics or Commonwealth. You can't compete at that. That's just like some competitions will put that on. That's like an ideal weight. I'd love to be competing that weight all the time. That'd be perfect for me. But you've got that big jump, you know, it's like 10, 12 kilos in between each one. Yeah, it's not like. It's not like jiu-jitsu where you've got, you can be the light guy in your bracket, but because you're the light guy, you're the flexible guy, and you, yeah. you, you know, you want to be the heaviest guy in your bracket. Well, that's what the whole weight-cutting weight thing is, is people yeah. trying to get an advantage by... Down to, like, grams yeah. and things like yeah. that, you know. I think if people, like, you you get that, like you are just saying, you get these guys that are coming in that are super heavy, and they're trying to get to be the heaviest weight, in their, uh, heaviest in their bracket, and, like, they're cutting stupid amounts of weight to yeah. make that. So then you're walking in, like, in your bracket, you're expecting, you know, most guys in, like, 74, they're not going to be that tall. And if they are tall, they're usually a lot slimmer and, and longer, yeah. you know. But then you walk in and you look at the guy, and you're like, oh, six foot five, and he's massive. And you're like, whoa, he's big, you know. And not it's not to say, like, that's going to affect the, you know, the performance in, in your match. It's just, like, you get these guys who are huge <laughs> cutting down, to be the heaviest one in, in the lighter bracket, rather than everyone just going, right, well, I kind of normally sit at this weight, yeah. this is my natural weight, and having a few more weight brackets, maybe not cutting weights out altogether, but having more weight brackets available for people to compete in. Because the argument um, is they always say boxing has too many weights, but I don't think it's necessarily the way. I think boxing has too many belts. Yeah, yeah. We're, always, we're always talking about yeah. who's the champion, and there's like, oh, well, WBC, WBA, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Whereas... Yeah. I think if it's something reasonable, five to ten pounds, I don't think that's too much of a jump. Probably more closer to five than ten. Yeah. But like in like for example, the UFC, it's like what forty five, fifty five, seventy, eighty five, two oh five. Yeah. And then two six. It's a huge, a huge gap between, especially when you're talking guys are cutting down and cutting just like half a kilo, and you know that's them and they're top. As you're saying, 120 kilo yeah. guy. If you're going in against a 120 kilo guy and you're sitting at 90 odd, yeah, yeah, 
And, and as you're saying, if a guy is like six foot five, you know, surely your handles are placed differently when you're trying to lift yeah, up a yeah. guy that's Aye. twice the size of you, you know, compared to somebody who is your size. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not going to be able to ruffle in as much, mm-hmm. you know, his head position is going to be up here while you're going to be going yeah. into his chest, you know. It's, yeah. there, there's dynamics like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it depends who you're, you know, when you're looking at the guy across from you, like if they're a lot taller, maybe it's going to be a little bit easier to get on his hips. If they're smaller, maybe it's going to be harder. Maybe you have to focus on trying to lift them up. You know, it, but you don't really know until you're you're in it. But yeah. it can have an effect, yeah, um, on the the match because you then have to figure out every single person is different. It's like a chess match, you know, and everybody's got a different strategy. Um, and that person's body type, um, you know, depending on how tall they are, if they're stocky or they're slim, that will have a slight effect on you know. If somebody's got really really long arms and they've got these levers and they can just push you away. Um, that's going to be harder for you to get in, so you've got to work harder. But it's like figuring that out as you're doing it. It's that human chess match. Yeah, and obviously, like there's an advantage it, it comes with if someone can do it like healthy, which I suppose that they're going to give up some of that anyway from doing that. But the one story that always kind of comes back to me is um, Darren Till fought at UFC London. The the last one I know there's one in March this year, but the last one they had in like 2019 or that. Yeah, and he was cutting all the way down to. 170 yeah so i think he i think he's his walking around weight's 210 pounds which is crazy and i think he went blind the day before the fight because he was trying to force this water out of his body and obviously he went on to get brutally knocked out and obviously masvidal's a savage so it could have happened anyway (laughs) but you've got to think that can't help with taking head trauma or something like that the next day i i can't see how like especially if these guys are starting to cut three months beforehand then maybe but a lot of these guys are walking about until four weeks before yeah. and then they start it and they start cutting and then it's like that's that's not possible yeah. you know physically humanly what's that doing to your liver what's that doing to your heart yeah your brain yeah your organs yeah. um that's it totally it's it, it's just it's more detrimental your health than it is beneficial yeah. but like at that point you know when you're at that level I don't think like guys will really give a shit because they're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm getting in, I'm gonna get sixty grand, seventy grand, whatever it is, you know, for the fight. So they're like, I need to get in. Mm-hmm. That's my paycheck. But like, especially for people who are you know competing at a more like an amateur level, um, semi pro, aren't you? Know, they're doing it for enjoyment because they like doing it, but they're, they're not getting paid mad money for it. I yeah. think that you know it should there should be some some kind of difference um, in terms of weight cutting and stuff. I watched an interview with John Kavanagh many years ago and uh, it was kind of related to the weight cutting but he was also mm-hmm. saying as well if you're not making good enough money you shouldn't be doing the sport in four ounce gloves um, <laughs> I know like the glove kind of size <laughs> yeah. couldn't might be a minuscule thing from time to time because I think it's four and is it eight ounces that other I, uh, organizations sure. use um, but he was like saying like if it's the four ounce gloves where it's basically the padding's designed for knockouts really rather than to like protect people's hands at that point that you should be getting paid subst- like a substantial amount of money to like yeah. live, you know, rather than just do it for like a, a thousand pounds or whatever. I do believe that like obviously MMA is your pinnacle. You, I, I believe that because it's a combination of everything, mm-hmm. they should be paid more than boxers. Yeah. You know? Totally, um, yeah. Yeah. If if MMA had been around sixty years ago, yeah. It's it, still a young sport, it, it isn't it? So. Seen way bigger than boxing these days. Like yeah. But even though it's a young sport, the sport, uh, the martial arts that are involved in the sport have been around for 
you know, if we're not talking about years. wrestling, we're talking about centuries ago in the original Olympics and so on. Do you have any involvement with like the Olympic team or anything like that? Uh, not the mm. Olympic team. I'm in the, the Scottish uh, squad, so I train with them yeah. uh, for wrestling. Um, and we go down to like, down to England and that for the, the GB sessions as well. Um, so we get invited to them to go and train, um, which is good. Um, but in terms of like, the Olympic team and that, no. Um, I don't know. I've not seen any wrestlers from the UK go to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, not, that, not that I've seen anyway. Um, Commonwealth, yeah, um, but Olympics, I've not not seen. But again, that could that could change a lot of you know, common. Well, I, I don't really follow much of common. Is that kind of Commonwealths? I suppose be dominated by Canadians and things. Is it? Um, from yeah, from like it's more. I think, like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think now. But even like countries like Australia probably catch up eventually yeah. and stuff like that as well. Aussies, um, you got like a lot of the Caribbean countries, um, but like I'm trying to think what's in the Commonwealth. I'm yeah. trying to think now as well. There's yeah. not much <laughs> left these days. Nah. <laughs> Laughs in British. Yeah, yeah there is there is some like um, Nico. Um, Do you want to speak a bit about Nico? Because I've got him down here. Like, yeah, go he, on. Yeah, he he top five in the world for his weight. That's for yeah, seventy four uh, yeah. kilograms. Yeah, um, so he's a really you know, high level wrestler, and it's mad that he's in, you know, Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Scotland. yeah. He's here, and he's like, you know, so that's a guy. You know, you get to train with him, and just just watch the way he moves. It it's just insane. Um, he just he flows with his wrestling, and he's just so, um, you know, he's not originally from Britain, is uh, he? No, so he's Moldovan. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of Moldo- Moldovans over here. Um, as well that are wrestling. Um, and yeah, so he was originally from Moldova and then he went over to, um, I think it was Romania he went to for a little bit and he was competing with them uh, and then to Germany. Um, and then he's, he's come over here, um, and changed his, his nationality for competing. Um, so he's competing for, uh, like the kids and things like that. He's, he's like, he's so big on, um, wrestling as a whole, as a sport, Mm -hmm. just into your, being integrated into your to your life, life yeah. um, you know, when you chat to him about wrestling, he's so passionate about it. It's it's mad. Um, he's just like you know, going going and training with him, um, and just being around him in terms of wrestling. It, it's mad. It's mad to see what he does uh, on a day to day basis with his like training and stuff, watching him training, and then also just seeing what he's trying to give back to the community too. Um, so One thing we brought up with Kev is mm-hmm. the younger generation coming through. This can only be a good thing for totally them, right, yeah. especially in a world where we have social media and mm-hmm. so many luxuries around us at all times. I think respect can be lost, and you do see that sometimes, yeah. like on the streets, for lack of a better term. Whereas, obviously, getting someone involved in someone like martial arts and wrestling and, and whatnot, totally. you're going to have that humility and respect, and all that's kind of drilled into you, like you said, being it become part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, like. Haven't you know when you go on the, when you step on the mat and somebody fucks you? Yeah, up, like you ha you, you do because you you could look at somebody and think oh, I'd smash that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and then you walk up to him and well, our, put you on his our point in motion is Shay, young Shay. Yeah. you know. Yeah, look yeah. at Shay. You know, like Shay's a guy you walk past in the street. Like no disrespect to Shay, but you'd look at him and you got I'd smash him. Yeah, he would fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like because he, he's just so technically he's got a mind for it. Absolutely, um, yeah. You watch him, like you watch him when he's coaching, you watch him when he's. I haven't um, rolled with him or anything for quite a while now, um, but like you, you watch him and he's he's mad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just 
he's so into it. It's um, like an encyclopedia. Just totally, that. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, look how well he's done. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like well, what was that? What, that is ski world champion now. Yeah, yeah. Kev said yeah. something. Who would have thought a world champion would have came from Finn Horner? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Like, crazy. Finn Horn, yeah. like, which is like basically nowhere. You know what I mean? Middle of nowhere. And to think, like, like I'm not going to name any names, but there were some people who just thought he was flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah some, some people like you know, and um, I mean that's one frustration for me. I used to try and like. Pass his guard and stuff, or like when I was wrestling with him, like you would hit a, a double leg or something, and then boom, his leg would be there, and I'd be like, "You shouldn't be able to do that." <laughs> but he's, he's so he's a, he's a flexible dude, and and you know that's a an attribute that's that's um, you know helps him with his, his jujitsu too. But it, you know, it's his, his passion for it, and his his mind set towards it as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, you can't you can't take that away. That's a that's the key key thing to it there. So there's definitely humilities left at the door. Yeah, in yeah. These kind of places, like I yeah. think that's probably like some someone that's not involved in training hasn't met you and stuff like that mm. would probably assume because you're involved in combat sports, like oh, they must be like really intense and like do you who, know who can I slam on the back? The opposite, do you know? What? I mean, it like, is though. It right? is. I, I remember the first time I, I was like, I've never met such a bunch of like geeks and fucking like uh, yeah. nerds yeah. all my fucking <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you go in like and you do you look at some of the guys there and you look around there and you're like scary. Yeah, you start chatting to them. Yeah, like I think the only thing the only thing is when people know that you do a combat sport, and they, they challenge you, you, and they're like. Sometimes, like I've never had it, like yeah. in my kind of adult life. When I was younger, I, I had it in school. Mm. Like some folk would be like, "Oh, come on, let's have a wrestle," and I'm like, uh, "Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, come down training on Monday night, like sure." Like, yeah, but like, no, no, all these nah. kids in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I did MMA more, I, like I'd be out, like you know, in Joanna's. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, oh, uh, and I'd be out, I'd be kicking about, right. And like some boys would come up to me and be like, "Here, this boys want to fight with me. You can fight him for me. Fucking fight him for <laughs> you. Like, <laughs> no, not professional hitman. Like, <laughs> like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not getting involved in street shit. Like, yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna do it as a sport because I enjoy doing it. Doesn't yeah. mean I want to fight everybody. Um, but that's uh, some, sometimes that's the the only issue is yeah. doing combat sports. There's, there's like a big. Ego, especially well, in like kind of drinking culture. Kev, didn't yeah, you? yeah. Says, don't know if you've maybe experienced with wrestling. Do you ever get guys that maybe turn up to wrestling class and like, oh, I've, I've wrestled for three years, and then you get on the mat with them and you're like, no, you fucking yeah. haven't, mate. <laughs> Anyone threatened to drag and death kick you? Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like, you, you do, you get guys. You get those are the guys that. that are watching those legit fuck videos on YouTube, like the pressure I, points yeah, and all yeah, that. I, <laughs> what's that? What's that called? It's like that. Um, Sistema. Yeah. Folds and like dumb. You do get folk come in, and I mean, you probably get this more in like MMA clubs and that, but they'll come in and be like, I so I just want to fucking fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many training sessions have you done? When do I get three piece suit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're just like, dude, like, you obviously, I get you're passionate about it, you want to do it, but like, you're not understanding. Mm. Like, you're going to need at least a fucking year's training, solid training. Yeah. Before you even think about jumping in, like, because it's not just something you can go and jump into. I mean, there was a, there was a post about this. Um, what was it? There was a Scottish show, and there was a guy, two guys. It was a massive mismatch. And they basically pulled a guy like out of a club that's been training yeah, for we a couple of months. Yes, um, there's a guy who's been training for years. Combat. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
you know, it was just a complete, like, I didn't watch the fight and that, but from what I've read, it's like a massive mismatch in, in terms of opponents. And, like, you can't, you just, you can't jump into this sport, like, in terms of, like, MMA and that. You can't jump into that and just, oh, just jump in. Same with boxing, same yeah. with any striking sport, but you just can't jump into these combat sports and not have done anything, not trained. You need to go in and be, I think that's one, one reason that a lot of people don't start doing these, these sports is because, like, you go in and you realise, I'm I'm like a tadpole in this. Yeah, this yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that guy is like a megalodon. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like people don't they don't like knowing that they're they can't look after themselves. Mm. They I think go, a lot of people they go from being the big fish in the small pond yeah. to the small the fish, fish in the, the big yeah. pond. Yeah, in the step of by stepping over a threshold of a mm. door, you know. Yeah, and I think like yeah. with people like like you're saying when they're out, like you know, well, you know, I've had like three street fights, you know, like someone in the head <laughs> when I they weren't looking and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, exactly. It's people like that. I think it's like a humility thing. They don't want to be humble, or they don't like they have to yeah. always have their ego up here, and they can't ever let that drop. Yeah. Like, um, I've lost my train of thought <laughs> on this, but uh, there was Scott Ramsey uh, I had on a few months ago, and he was talking about he was doing a gig, right, and um. Some guy had asked for something. They got talking to him outside or whatever, and uh, he they, somehow martial arts came into the conversation. and And Scott was mentioning that he like trains at SBG and that. And this guy was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> he was like, "I've done that before and that." But he was like, "You know, I could do this to you. I could, you know, and knock knock you out. But I'm not. I'll let you drive home." <laughs> you know. But these are the kind of people that are yeah. like going about yeah. saying, and they never have to like prove it, so they can just. Yeah, continue totally. talking you know exactly it's just being able to talk absolute shit like I've had yeah. guys right see when people see these right I've yeah. had collie years and I basically just got them from like the first two three years of training from getting absolutely pummeled by Martin Kev Aiden James all the guys <laughs> yeah. you know and getting my ears were just going out all the time and I had you know I've got these collie years and everywhere I go doesn't matter what country I'm in people somebody will spot it and go oh do you do this do you do jits do you you know, and it starts a conversation, which is great when you meet other people who've actually done the martial arts, yeah. and you get to meet them, and then you get chatting. But some folk come up to you and go, "Oh, I've got colliers, right, yeah. <laughs> And then they'll tell you a story of how like they've knocked out four boys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. They've, they've, oh, see, see this tiny bit of collier here that I've got, that, that little bit there. Aye, so uh, this boy saw it and he was like, "No, nah, I'm there fighting you. You're solid." Like, yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah. like it is. It's it, sometimes. That's I remember shit asking funny. you about your colliers the first time I spotted them, and I was like, "What's it like?" And you're like, "I could just have to wear different headphones." That's all. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, people go at me all the time. Oh, can you still hear? I'm like, yeah. Like my hearing's fine. It's just I can't put earphones in. Aye. So like everyone's talking about, oh, what set of headphones should I get? Should I get the Apple AirPods? Should I get Dre Beats? I'm like, well. I can't fucking wear it. <laughs> I have to have like headphones on, um, or it's not gonna. It's just not gonna work because they just don't. They don't, don't sit, sit like. and and that's probably the only downfall to it. Yeah. The good thing is like they're absolutely solid, so it doesn't really hurt when people like ping you and that. Like, yeah. But that doesn't really happen. Probably my mum. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, do you know what I mean? Like, and as you say, it's like it. a talking point. You know, somebody who's possibly training will come up and like, mm-hmm. training. You know, yeah, and, yeah. I've I've spoke to more people because of these than than any other like physical attribute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will come over here like, oh, like I like you know, I don't know, oh, your legs are this, you know, oh, your ears. Everyone comes up for the ears. Yeah. like and that just starts a combo seen Dougie's legs but he's oh, like back yeah. In yeah well obviously like, <laughs> that used to be the thing at training <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone used to say that 
man. Um, so, do you want to touch a wee bit on uh, your MMA fight? Yes. Um, yeah. What What uh, made you want to compete in MMA? Because obviously, you said you were settled in the wrestling. You were training jits and everything I, as well. Initially, I just kind of like. So I'd started doing um, Thai boxing, um, and I'd been watching loads of like UFC stuff. And I was like, "Oh, this is, this is cool. I want to try this." Um, and all my family are like, "Why don't you just go and do cycling or something?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but I was like, "No, nah, I want to do this. This is something I want to go and do." You've always um, been like fitness though, because you like when I remember before you had gym and things, you worked at Ali's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you were doing your college stuff as well. I um, yeah. What what is it you got done at college? Um, again? So I was gonna. I was doing. I was doing um, applied science, so I could go and do nutrition, um, and then. I was doing the course and it was just all environmental science. Like, it was nothing to do with, like, you know, chemistry or, yeah. like, like, I don't know, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. So I packed that in and I just went and did a, I've done a strength and conditioning course instead. Um, So I've done, I've got, like, my level three for PT and I've got my... Because um, you were doing all this at the same time SSC. as, like, training as well. So it kind of yeah, goes hand yeah. in hand, like... It does, yeah. It It's one. It's, like, anything I go away and learn for, like, work, I can use it myself too mm. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's good um it's good getting to kind of go away and learn things and then apply them myself and actually um use them training principles or whatever else or nutrition um kind of things to benefit myself um with training it's kind of amazing when you think of like well i, I think of you guys as like the original misfits mm-hmm. and then you think you've got kev who's sports uh sports massage sports yeah. massage now yourself nutrition and fitness martin's taken his levels of coaching to like unreal levels just got his black yeah, belt through. as well right just yeah, got his black, black belt, belt as well but like he's constantly reading yeah uh linking us to podcasts about totally. the mind and things like yeah. that um so you've all got kind of like your base strengths so mm-hmm. there is a complete badass of an MMA yeah. fighter in there yeah. somewhere between all of you is like well you could tell that when you jumped halfway across the case to switch kick him in the face yeah, yeah. so like um, was it Thomas I can't say that name Pe- 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 there we go yeah. he was a big dude like, yeah, so I remember looking at right, I was took my picture right the the one you have to send in to, to on top at the time and I took my picture in it and like sent it in and it, the, the poster came out and I was looking at this guy's chest and his like shoulder. I was like, "Fuck, he is big, man!" And like when I, when I actually seen him standing across from me, I was still like, "Fucking hell, he's big! Like he's a big dude." Um, he was just, he was a mortal. Was it a mortal? Immortals, yeah, yeah, um, Aberdeen, yeah. in Aberdeen. So I uh, yeah, I kind of like um, that. F- I've been training for that for like I was gonna have an MMA fight, and then I was training and got fucking sparked out in training. And had a concussion, so I pulled out of that one. Um, and then after that, ended up fighting at on top. Uh, that was my first one. Um, but I'd done a few like um, interclubs and stuff like that um, yeah. beforehand. Did you ever um, do smart or anything like that? I, that? I never did smart because I'd done... Um, I can't remember what the reason was. I'd done boxing or something like that, or too many interclubs or whatever it was, so I couldn't actually go and do it. Yeah. Um, or at the time frame I'd been training for. Um, so like I went into my first fight with like three years... Two and a half years training, you know. Um, yeah, because you were twenty at the time, I believe. 20, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, like at that point, I'd been training for quite a while, and um, so I couldn't go and do smart. So like when I did my first, my first actual fight, um, I'd already done like I'd done an exhibition with Ginge, um, exhibition with Cam Cheng from Inverness. Yeah, you know, so him. 
with Ross Houston, he's part of that. Yeah, came I, in Manus, yeah. Um, and I'd done uh, an interclub at the Grip House and then one at the Aberdeen Combat Centre as well. Um, so the one at the Aberdeen Combat Centre, I would have been like 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and then um, the Grip House one, I did just a couple of months before I had my fight, uh, my first fight. So, um, How was it maybe like day of the fight? How was... Because I like, I can't even get into the mind frame of what you guys yeah. are I, like, you know what? experiencing. Like, everyone's like, I think everyone's a bit different. I, I at the time, right, <laughs> I was sitting like back in your stage waiting to go on. Um, just like sitting listening to like Ben Howard. Just, like, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I didn't really, like I was kind of get, getting into that mindset, but I think everyone's got their own little way of doing it. And like for me, I was just kind of like, Bit more silent, and I think I've watched like you know you get the the releases of the UFC. They'll follow them about for yeah, and embedded like, and stuff like embedded that. Embedded yeah. and all that. I remember watching one, and it was like Diego Sanchez like just pumping himself up before a fight, and there's like Rage Aye. Against the Machine playing, yeah. and he's like hitting walls oh my God, and stuff. Did you see him with that trainer that he just left? There's a bit where he's hanging upside down, and the trainer's like punching him in the head and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. And this is all like just before a fight and yeah. stuff, and Aye. it's like I can't. I get that you need to get pumped up in that, but personally, if I I would never do it, but I can feel myself like wanting to be level headed at this point. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Thinking of your own game plan, not thinking about oh shit, what's this guy going to do? At me? Yeah, um, panic causes mistakes and all do that. Do you study stuff, your opponent yeah. before this? Do you get um, like info or that? So all I knew that he had is a boxing match, and he hadn't had any fights either. Mm. So I, I watched some of his boxing online, but like. I wasn't really too fussed, like, like Martin and Kev, kind of, uh, Ginge, Aiden. when you're talking, when I was talking to these guys on the lead up, it was kind of like, don't worry, don't worry about that, you focus on what you're doing, because what, what you're going to do is, you know, the, the most important part, like, so, just focus on your own training, keep working hard, um, and you're at that point, like, doing rounds every week, you know, five fives, <laughs> with fucking yeah. Aiden, um, Houston, Ginge, Kev, um, Martin would jump in as well at that point, and you know, like that fight compared to sparring them was fuck all. Yeah, like, honestly, um, I've watched these guys do five fives. And it's, fuck I've, I've got man. yeah, that's got, like championship kind of. So you've got yeah, like yeah. five minute rounds, and then you've t- you're talking like Dougie, Aiden, Ross, Houston, Martin, all. It's just like the Shark Tank thing. Where there's a new guy yeah. every round. Yeah, thirty yeah. seconds break, next guy in, mm. um, and the, you probably get like. Solid 25 minutes, half an hour at that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different opponent. Yeah. 30 seconds breaking. <laughs> yeah. Like. And it's not like running on a treadmill. It's, it's a like different you, level yeah. kind it's of intensity. Like you're just rolling in that as well. You know, you're wall yeah. wrestling, you're yeah. you're getting punches thrown yeah. at you. That's the thing. Um, it's a, it's a who, who sparked you out in training? Oh, Aiden. <laughs> Aiden, man. <laughs> Fucking Aiden. Yeah. So he would like, basically what happened, we were sparring, middle, kind of middle of the map, and he threw a kick, and like, I'd started didn't get very far down i started <laughs> to shoot in and then his shin and my face and then oh, i was just like that has gone so because um, i remember the training up at ali it's not like i'm not saying it's not intense at sbg but i remember it getting fucking intense up there like yeah. i remember was it david got his job broken by roundhouse from bradley <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Dave, um, oh what's his last name uh McCabe, David McCabe. Yeah, I um he so that was like a a, sp- a sparring session one Saturday, um and like Brad had to do like a spinning spinning heel kick yeah uh, or spinning push kick or something like that and he ended up clipping him 
Um, I think, see, at that point in time, like, a lot a, a lot of guys in the team were competing. Yeah. Like, at the minute, like, I mean, I, like, I don't know who's competing in MMA, but there's more... It's a lot of jit space. It's a lot of jit space yeah. stuff. So, like, at that point, everyone was competing, and, you know, you're looking to push your push your teammates on and make them better. And, you know, by doing that, it's going to... You've got to put them in positions where they're going to feel shit. Mm. Like, and you'd rather that in a, you know, in a training session, you know, having one of your teammates over the top of you pulling the power a little bit, but still hitting you. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, you know, being stuck there in the middle of a fight and the guy actually yeah. raining bombs, you know. To an extent, to it's got to be like a simulation of the real exactly. thing, right? Yeah. So the more and more you put in your teammates in shit positions, the better they're going to get and the better you're going to get too. So, like... At that point, I think because so many people were competing, it, the intensity was there because everyone was trying to get in the zone of like, right, I need to work hard here, and I need to work smart, and I need to, you know, try to better my game. So at that point, like stuff like that would happen mm-hmm. because people were, you know, all aiming to compete. Yeah, a lot of um, black eyes and a lot of busted noses. Yeah, yeah. things like. I, that, I remember yeah. putting a post up on Facebook. <laughs> it was my gum shield, and on Facebook on Instagram, my gum shield is just covered in blood, yeah. blood in it. Like just <laughs> like I done like five fives with Ross and Aiden, um that Friday was only the three of us, um and it was like five fives with them two, and then like if I was stayed in the middle, the next person would then jump in and strut their five fives with the other person. So really, you're going for like an hour and a half solid almost, um <laughs> just scrapping, and you know what I mean like it, it gets it gets intense. Yeah, you're, you're both you're both knackered. And you're trying to put the pressure again on that other person, so you you're helping them, you know, so that when they go into that fight, they're gonna be they're gonna find it a lot easier. And this is you're talking like three or four nights a week for five, six, seven mm-hmm. weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just like right, you do it once or twice and then you're ready, Aye. you know. Um, exactly. So like, you you dominated your fight. You absolutely yeah. fucking dominated that. But I I um, felt really like in that fight, I felt really really comfortable with with my wrestling and and that's what kind of got me more into like right i'm gonna go try wrestling as a whole now because like i everything everything that i did good in that fight was off my wrestling yeah. so like i took the guys back in the first round and couldn't finish them because my fucking like <laughs> couldn't keep a grip my forearms were so tight like they were like cramping up um just with like the adrenaline and everything like and i just couldn't keep a grip and actually get my arm in um but that was led off a you know a switch kick into um a take the switch kick was legendary <laughs> yeah, <that> was, <laughs> it came from halfway yeah, across you know, the it's <laughs> like i didn't even like it wasn't like i caught him with like my whole foot it was like the kind of front part, part of my foot in there so like my toes and a little bit i just kind of like slapped him in the yeah it. it wasn't a full like Clash! It was a, just a little, little slap. Because then, before before the fight starts, the commentators kind of put it across as like it's a wrestler versus a striker, and then like that's like one of the first actions yeah. that happens in the fight. And it was like, and like even yeah. like the fence were pulling on him, and that like, you can kind of tell that he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I was kind of expecting shots straight away. You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, but beforehand, like you, know, what I'd been working on was was that, and that's the kind of things that Martin, Kev, um, Jim, Jaden would be talking to me about before, you know. Who was in your corner, was it Martin? Uh, Kevin Ginge were in my corner for that. Um, Again, just, like, call, like, you can hear it in the the video, but, like, calling out, you know, things like, he doesn't fucking like your power, Doug, like, (laughs) and stuff like that, just, and you you can, you can hear that, you know, and, and, like, in your head you're thinking, sweet, you know, like, 
I'm not the only one seeing this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Like when you're doing it, um, you know the the takedowns though. That for me was like that was kind of the best. Mm. I was really really happy with that performance with, with the takedowns because everything just led off them. It was high crotches or doubles, um, and then uh, it was one of them was like a a trip on his back. Uh, I've sorry I had double unders and I took him down. That was like right across the cage. It was like third round or something. Like that. The wrestling um, base in that match is just unreal. Um, that, I was I was really buzzing with that. Um, it's like I've like watched a lot of different interviews with different MMA guys and like all different. But see, like once you've won that, are you like relieved to say like, oh thank God that's over, or is it like right on the next one? What's next? It must be like a sense of massive euphoria, right? Because there's yeah, a massive accomplishment. Yeah. Like at that point, like I had like all my pals there, my mum, my dad. Yeah. Like everybody was there. So absolutely after your family and that. Like, there, like I was, yeah, I was in. You know, like I, was Aiden not on the same card that night? He was on the same card. Yeah, there, and, and like, they both he, got he wins. Didn't one they? as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was just a, a magic night all around. So there's there's a fuckload of people there from Elgin. Like so yeah, people. you can hear them um, as well, right? The bus down was a bit unreal, like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but see the picture. Allegedly. Remember, <laughs> the picture a- afterwards, there was like a in, the, in one of the squash courts where we were, like where the changing room was. Aye. We had everyone in Elgin from there as a massive photo of all of them, like, and it was just such a huge crowd, um, and like my Aiden's fights were, I think, probably the loudest the crowd yeah. got the, the whole night, mm-hmm. um, because. Both team, you know, both sides were were shouting <laughs> yeah. like all the whole fight, like Aye. even in the like the intervals and stuff when you're wrestling, like the whole, everyone was just, just screaming. It was it was mad. I um, think it helps being like a small knit town for that yeah, kind of thing. Remote, yeah, you know? it's more closely knit. Yeah. You're not going to get that in like so Glasgow or Aberdeen. Yeah. You're just going to get your teammates. And even, I, even for yeah. like when Aiden fights in Cage Warriors in London and yeah. Ross fought in Cage Warriors at yeah. Wales and that, you could hear people like in their numbers coming down and stuff. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like you'll, you'll always get a following because, especially your teammates, mm-hmm. um, you know. Don't know. I think Kev's been to just about one every one of Aiden's fights. I, yeah. I don't think yeah. there's much he's missed, but you've got that closeness, you've got that bond. You you, you want to see it all the way through. You don't want to do that eight weeks of training with someone and then no, like, exactly. send yeah. them off on a plane and it's like I, I should yeah. be yeah. here, you know. Ah, exactly, yeah. It's good. Well, that's it. Like you're training with everybody so much. Yeah. You do this, you know, it's a it's a big family when you're when you're uh, especially when you're in camp because you're, yeah. you're seeing people more than you see, like, your pals, yeah. <laughs> your, your partner, your mum, your dad, whatever else you've seen. I suppose especially for yourself, so you you were working at the gym all day and then literally going next door into the big... Aye, so I'd, I'd like, basically <laughs> be through the gym. I'd, I'd be just finishing with a client and then, like, I'd have my gear through there and I'd just, like, be talking to my client at the end of the session, getting changed. And they're like, oh, what are you waiting to do now? I'm like, I'm going to go through there and get battered. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you would just go through and it'd be... You know, Thai boxing or um, MMA or jits, wrestling, whatever it was, and you'd be straight through and you'd be training. You know, I'd finish at maybe like six or whatever else, and you'd be training all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if I had a later night where it was like I'd be working till eight, I'd then, again, even though it was just half an hour left of the class, just jump on the mat, finish the class, and then roll at the end for a little like half an hour. Um, so you're all, you're just constantly, constantly training. And guys are just there every night of the week. Um, so yeah, you do, you, you meet, you're with these people. Like all the time that you're training with. You during know. during the fight, your opponent tried to uh, heel hook you a few times. Yeah, and, and they they bring up that 
that's illegal. That's were illegal. you aware of that at the yeah, time yeah, totally, when you were fighting totally. him? Uh, so but I suppose you just kind of had to focus on. I I was just thinking. So at that point, right, Kev, Aiden, Martin, Ginge, everyone that training was doing heel hooks. Mm-hmm. Like we were just like, even though we we're not allowed, we were still using it in in training. So I, because that was happening to me all the time, I was like at that point quite good at defending it, and it wasn't really an issue. So he put it on, and I was like, oh, okay, you're gonna be a dirty little fuck, are you? That's illegal. Yeah. Like. And I just kind of sat through, defended like I normally would. And then I think I took his back. The train Bang, bang, bang. The train absolutely everything at the gym. Yeah. Though. It's not like, like Mar- I remember Martin saying to us, like, can't do wrist locks until I think it was Brown Bell or something like that. Martin will be the first one to put you in a wrist lock. He doesn't I give know. a shit. Like, yeah. um, Estima locks and things like yeah, these, these totally. fancy locks. And he's like, still train it, you know. It's, yeah. it's good. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's good, uh, what does he say? Good muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um repetitiveness and things like that but because stuff like heel hooks will absolutely shrek your leg right like that'll put <laughs> My, you out for a long well, time kev kind of explained the mechanics of it a little bit what is actually happening between, apart, between yeah. twisting that ankle and your knee actually twisting and it's even just thinking about it, it's nasty yeah like, <laughs> I, I literally after so the day after my fight my ankle was like swollen Oh, so it did have some sort of it effect. did have yeah. a bit of effect um because it was it was on tight mm. um but i knew that I could escape it, so I was just like, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna like stop the fight, you know. It's just gonna be a DQ in it, so I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Did you get any explanation why the ref didn't like notice it? Because it like multiple times that it happened. Like, I, I think at that point it was desperation for him. Yeah. Because I was just that third round, I was just smothering him. Yeah. Um, and I think he was just like, oh, I don't want any of this anymore. Let's let's just. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got no you know, contest. Like, exactly. But yeah, I just like because I was thinking about it. Mid, I remember it happened. I was like, "You can't fucking do that." Like, you know, obviously, if you're actually actually fighting with someone, it doesn't really matter. You yeah, do exactly, it. that's where you train yeah. it in the in the gym. But you've both signed but, the thing under specific rules, right? So I was thinking in my head, like, you can't do that. But ugh, I just defended it and cracked on. Like, what, like. Yeah, I knew I was at that point. I knew I was winning the fight clearly. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, you know, even if there is a little bit of, of an, an injury from yeah. from the at the point at that point, it didn't feel sore. Um, it was only the next day, like felt a little bit sore, and then it was kind of like tender in certain positions. Mm-hmm. Mainly like if I'd kind of sat on my side, you know, like when you're doing like stand ups and jits. Yep. Um, if I'd kind of had my foot on my side, it was really painful. But a couple of months later, it was fine. Like it's, it's not ever given me any any issues after. Um, I seen Kev yeah. speaking to you in between rounds. Could you remember what you said to you? Oh, because Kev's a guy that speaks with like a lot of conviction behind what he, he does, says yeah. and He's stuff a deep like guy, that. Like yeah. very interesting guy. I, I can't really remember specifically, but um, I can just remember like them shouting in, yeah. like, in between. You know, like he, he doesn't want this. You know, you're, you're in control. <laughs> you're, you know, that sort of stuff. That's um, the kind of stuff you want to hear, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but the thing, the thing, the whole kind of sentiment when Kev's in the corner from from the fight was it's just everything was positive positive mm. positive positive you know there was never a point where he's like you know oh that was shit like, and I, I noticed it's know. like I've, I've i've heard kevin the corner of a lot of Aiden fights it's never too technical it's always no. like yeah. put that leg there or yeah. it, it's never like trying yeah. to relay a whole load of information it's just right. something very simple something it's little changing yeah, the there's system a certain amount of information someone's going to be able to take yeah. in, especially in that like I've, I've heard i've heard shay coach guys and shay's shay's fantastic but shay is like put this over here for that reason and then get the arm around the back and, it, and it's like whereas kev will simplify it a lot more mm. yeah 
both great coaches, like yeah. they're just different styles completely, yeah. you know. Well, that was like one of the things that kind of took me back when we were speaking to him here is Kev breaks everything down, whatever it is he's talking about yeah. in life, yeah. so tactically and analytically. Yeah, that it was so, it was so gripping. Like when he would finish saying what he was saying, I was kind of like, "Fuck, what have I, like, what have I meant <laughs> what to ask next?" That? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, do you have a favorite yeah. sandwich or something? Or, you know, like, but well, I, I'm like that when I like just went chatting to him in the gym and that you'll, yeah. you know, he's one of the guys you can you can chat to and you can be like, "Oh, I've got this problem," and he'll give you some form of like um, breakdown mm-hmm. to it. That you can kind of go, oh, actually, I'm just, you know, like I'm being quite stupid about this. I could just do that instead. Yeah. And so, you know, it's good to chat to him about a lot of things. But yeah, he is. He's definitely um, a deep guy. But yeah. He's, he's very, uh, very good to chat to. Intelligent um, as fuck. Yeah. As well. very, like, yeah. What makes him the coach yeah. that he is, right? Yeah. And great, the person. You know, fantastic coach. Like, you have a bronze at senior national level for wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that um, was 2019, in it? 2000 and I think no 18 I think 18. Um, what was that is that like is it the same kind of tournament format as like a jiu-jitsu where you work yeah, your way through um, a bracket so yeah the, bra- the bracket system is pretty much the same um, and I that I think that tournament I just come back off like holiday um, and I was heavy, was very heavy. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't making 86 even um and I end up entering the ninety seven bracket. Um, yeah, I just kind of shows your range. What are you? Did you say seventy four? You're normally at no. So that's what I normally compete at now. Yeah. Um, but I kind of set about eighty eight one. That's about ninety four. So I was I was like, <laughs> but I, I wasn't like anywhere near ninety seven. Jacksonated. I wasn't anywhere near ninety seven. I was like just nine, like just shy ninety. You know, um, so I was heavier than normal. But it was like two weeks out. I was like, oh, I'm not not gonna cut i'm just gonna train because i hadn't even really been um been training that much um you know on holiday like so i had like a week and a half off yeah uh, and i came back and i'd been training beforehand and that it's not that i hadn't trained before the comp but i was on holiday before so um the weight was the weight was on <laughs> too much booze too much food yeah so i i jumped into that and um there was only it was like seven guys my bracket for that one um so basically the way it works they'll break it up into two two brackets and there's smaller numbers um i mean they do this anyway but like there was a four and there's a three so i was in this, this three um and i'd gone against uh joe henry who does uh icw does he, uh, oh does he yeah the professional oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i'll remember this because that's got a massive like Nation scene in this country, yeah, professional yeah. wrestling. I only remember this because Bradley knows him. Brad's like yeah. a massive. Like, so, like, him, so, when I originally spoke to Ryan about getting um, yourself on, I thought, like, could have done a really unique angle of getting Bradley on, who's now done professional wrestling and you're doing oh, amateur yeah, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. I thought that could have been like. Totally, man. Could set still that, happen. Yeah. Set that up, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'm keen for that. Because that's, that's yeah. like two different ends of the stick. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, yeah. It's funny because. We'll, we'll, me and Brad will, will meet up sometimes, um, we have done, where he's gone like, I want to do this move for wrestling, but I don't really know how to enter it, like, from an actual wrestling standpoint, what would what would you do? I've gone, well, what, like, what are you trying to achieve here? He's like, well, I'll take this guy over my head, and then I want to dump him, whatever else. So, there's a few, there's a video he put out, um, pushing his, his character, uh, Mayhem Brooks. Mayhem Brooks, um, yeah. and he, You know, he was kind of posting about that, um, 
and he one of the, the things he'd done I remember showing him the move that he, he'd hit on this but I'd never actually seen the matches um, he'd done it in but he'd done the same move that I'd shown him um, and he comes in and just chats away about it so yeah he, uh, that's pretty cool it'd be cool to yeah it'd be cool to have that because it is it's like a, an MMA crossover with ICW I've seen Chris Bungard uh, yeah, bought someone and there's, they've been using like a Celtic Rangers angle storyline okay, behind yeah, it it's yeah, actually yeah, really, yeah. really good like, yeah. but like, a bit like a bit sectarian yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what kind of when people were interested in WWE I think that's kind of MMA seems like Bear with me when I say this, it's kind of like half boxing and, and half WWE in a way, in the entertainment side anyway. Yeah. So they have yeah. the, you know when you watch a boxing press conference and there's like 70 people before the fighters get up and speak? Mm-hmm. Ah. Like from this commission and the WBC <laughs> and some person yeah. that came off the street. You know? <laughs> and then you get to hear from Manny Pacquiao for five minutes. Ah. And then uh, like WWE, there's people stealing people's girlfriends and hitting their best mates with chairs ah, and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Like, it's a bit of drama yeah, too. Yeah. So. Whereas, like, I think there's a good kind of combination Absolutely, in MMA. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm I'm so excited for this Masvidal Covenant fight, which the, the general consensus is that Colby's going to out-wrestle him, yeah. which I agree with. But the build-up to that, and like I said to you earlier, it's, if yeah. by chance Masvidal knocks Colby out, Herb Dean or Mark Goddard or whoever's better have ice skates on to get to that boy quick. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's in trouble. Die. He's, he's trouble. Yeah. Die, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but like, I, even if I've put in like a couple of names, like looking at the success of wrestling in MMA, right? You've got DC, Kane, Brock, Khabib, Yul Romero, Usman, Colby, GSP, John Jones, uh, uh, Couture, Cejudo, Cruz, and Islam. Yeah, and that's like. That's basically like the who's who of top guys, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Like, Dominic Cruz is probably one of the most underrated wrestlers in MMA period, I would say. Well, you look at him against Dillashaw, yeah. and like, you yeah. don't do that to Dillashaw. Well, you don't have that fights against yeah. Dillashaw without having even, some wrestling. Like. Even when he fought, so I know Cejudo beat him in that, but there's a point where Cejudo tries to take him down. This is like a gold medal Olympian, yeah. and yeah. Cruz stuffs the takedown, you know what I mean? And this is a guy that's been out for five years. I don't think, I think we touched on it earlier, I don't think you're kind of beating Yoel Romero for wrestling in MMA. I think that no, guy yeah. is just, but that guy's not just a wrestler, that guy's a gymnast, that guy's... He's just explosiveness. Yeah. You look at you look at a lot of these, like, so, when I was over in, last year I went to Romania, um, All right. one, and I was training over there, um, with the under-20... And 23s, and then we trained with the actual Romanian team um, a couple of times. They're all insanely like flexible and just just in tune with their bodies. Like, um, we were doing a couple of training sessions, um, and there's like ropes for them to climb. That it's not you know, the equipment and everything, it's not a crazy gym. You know, it's some mats, some ropes, pull up bars, that's it, bench, you know. And these guys are just like handstand walks, all sorts of stuff. Like, you look at Nico when he does it at the gym like he'll do handstand walks like it's nothing and I'm like that even can get up there <laughs> you know what I mean um, cartwheels right like it just makes he just makes it look so fluid yeah um, same like when I was over um, over there like everything that the guys were doing they're just so in tune with their bodies um, and I think the gymnastics that, you know that kind of side of things does bring it in um, into into that yeah there's, help with the there's a lot of them guys that can quite happily do the splits and yeah, yeah, yeah. Backflips and it's, it's nothing yeah. to them standing backflips even, you know. Mm-hmm. And throughout, like, that catalogue of names that you just reeled off there, the styles are, are very different as well. Like, well, Yoel yeah. Romero and yeah. Khabib are not the same type of no, wrestling in the slightest, yeah. right? You look at someone like GSP, a 
amazing yeah. wrestling. No weak point in his game, you know. But I'd say if you looked at a strong point in his game, it's probably his wrestling. And he didn't really have a wrestling background either, I don't think. Because they call him an I'm MMA sure wrestler. About, they not? not too sure about GSP's background. I think he was more a Taekwondo um, guy, I think. I, I could be spreading misinformation there, though. Not sure, like, um, but... I mean, you all remember, yeah. he's benching the Empire State Building right now somewhere, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah guy's mad. But, like, do you, are you still watching UFC regular? And I watch or, every now and again. Or are you more, something. like, watching, do you watch college wrestling and things like yeah, that Yeah, more watching, like, the uh, college wrestling. And so I'm on a few different Facebook groups that talk about all the, all the kind of stuff that's going on in, in college wrestling and that uh, over in the States. Um, and I kind of watch more, like, Kyle Dake. Um, Burrows. Did you um, see Burrows versus Askren? Yeah. <laughs> Nearly put him into the crowd. I was like, how I many points is that? I watched, um, <laughs> I watched a, a thing with uh, Askren. I think it was on the Logan Paul's podcast. Oh, um, yeah. And they were chatting, and he basically said, like, before that, they were like, oh, we'll just have like a, a you know, a chilled match, like, and we'll just kind of put on a show for people. Yeah. Um, and Burrows <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then, like, he got on, like, I like, touched hands and then just went through. Yeah, like, yeah you know? like a bulldozer. Um, but he just, yeah, he was like, ah, like, if I'm on the mat, I'm on the mat. It's and been then, a rough time for know? Ben Askren, man. It has, yeah. Because that happened to him, then the Masvidal knee yeah. happened, and then YouTubers are beating down on him. Yeah. And, but, well, I mean, he's not I really a boxer. I think he threw that, you know, I definitely yeah. think he threw it. I think everyone against him's thrown it so far. Like, well, Woodley, yeah. it's like, maybe I'm just in denial because I can't accept but it. Right, right, <laughs> like, see with Woodley, like, if you walk into that kind of punch, you're gonna go. You're yeah. gonna get knocked out. Like so, I I reckon he, he's and that guy's got stupid money to offer people. Like some of like these champions yeah. will have never made in their life. Like and it's all it's all YouTube money. Yeah, <laughs> it's for like tasing rats and stuff. These like guys that. are a bit pissed that they've been getting punched in the face for twenty years, and this guy is like ten times richer than it'll ever be. <laughs> Did you yeah. see Nate make that guy spill his beer? No, no, you don't no, see that. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That. You like walk past him, <laughs> he's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ten then, points for yeah. punching, and the beer just goes everywhere. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. Like, oh, it's brilliant. Oh, Jesus, yeah, man. Yeah, um, but it's good. You look at the money and like even even sports like um, kickboxing, like glory. Look at the money it was in that for a well, while, yeah. you know. Israel Adesanya was on uh, Joe Rogan a few years ago, and he was like part of these kickboxing. Um, franchises I guess you would call them in China and stuff like yeah, that yeah. And he was saying he was making good enough money over there but the reason that he came to MMA is he didn't want to feel vulnerable he was like I couldn't go throughout a career saying that I'm a fighter without learning these skills and grappling yeah. Yeah, because if absolutely. it happened on the street I'm still vulnerable if someone's a good wrestler they're going to take me down and pound mm-hmm. my face in yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and obviously he's the UFC middleweight champion now sounds yeah. crazy so the, like a bit about the Scottish wrestling scene are you like the, the, the amateur like who who is your upping like, like I've obviously heard of Kieran Malone and things like yeah. that, but um, is there any guys that are like that next level? We know Nico's kind of every honestly everyone there. I go in and all the guys are wrestling against. I'm like Jesus, yeah. Like, like it's it's also like I've not ever had it as well where I've been in a room just full of wrestlers. So like we started training um, probably like last year, um, April. So like the team kind of started getting developed as in uh, as 2020 was kind of kicking off and then went to COVID because like we couldn't train mm. um, and then as we got into April last year that's when training started kicking off so we're doing like beforehand from January to then we're doing loads of Zoom stuff um, coming back out of uh, 2020 we're doing loads of Zoom training um, and there's a lot of like hit sessions and stuff like that that we were doing just to keep the fitness base up 
and then as soon as we could get on a mat, we were in, and it was like being on a, just a mat full of wrestlers because it's different. Like it's different wrestling with a jits guy to wrestling with a wrestler. Can't um, guard. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know, like even just just the posture and everything, the the positioning these guys get into, and like watching a lot of the guys just move, like when you're in there in between rounds. So we, the way we do it at training, usually when we go down uh, to matches on a Friday, we'll do um, a full match. So you'll do three minutes with the same guy, rest for 30 seconds, and you go for three minutes. Then you'll come off for a match, and then you'll go on again. Um, so it's like we're actually kind of doing it as a simulation almost um, of an actual match on, on the mat. Um, that comp, so being you know being on that mat with a load of different wrestlers, that a lot of them have just done wrestling. A lot of them don't do any jiu-jitsu or MMA or like that. So all they know is wrestling. And, like, the grips, the postures being different positions. A lot of different styles of wrestling yeah, as well. Is there? Um, a lot. So, like, some guys are, you know, gripping up and they're looking for your ankle. Some guys are just trying to double through you. Um, some guys are looking to snap How would you, you define your style of wrestling, Dougie? Like um, catch wrestling? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of, like... I've still got that kind of standard um, kind of clinch. Uh, I'd say like more upper body, but then when I'm up, I'm further away from somebody, I do, I like to shoot. I like um, the a distance. So. I have a question past anyway about pummeling. Oh, yeah. Like, I've always like been like told in that when like someone's speaking to me about it, like pummeling in like MMA or wrestling is like one of the most like taxing things in the body in combat sports. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've, like I'm no expert like, in it. So. When you're drilling it, it's very light, it's very fluid. And all you're looking to do is get your hand underneath and then your opponent's doing the same thing. You're just going back and forth and just getting that. But see, when you're actually trying to fight for that position when you're grappling, you know, if you take somebody's, you know, a collar tie, right? Take somebody's neck and then you're looking to try and get maybe an underhook or something like that. Like you getting that underhook is going to be hard. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're not letting you at that point. The elbows are tight. The hands are there. They're putting their blocks in the heads. You know, their their first line offense. Do you think so, that's like the most taxing thing about wrestling is the resistance? Because it's like two forces yeah. kind of trying to overcome it's each like other. It's like cardiovascular training and strength training. Yeah, at the same it's time. It's not like jujitsu where you're going to get let a guy come a little bit to try and feed him into something. You yeah. know, you've got two essentially bulls going at each other. Force it, yeah. And they do like there's a there's a thirty second um, penalty time. So like if you're if, if you're on the mat in a comp and you are the one who's not kind of taking centre of the mat and you're getting kind of pushed around you're not being active and trying to attack they'll deduct a point basically they'll give you 30 seconds to try and attack or they'll deduct a point so like you see it sometimes like in, in matches where guys will you know they'll get to that 30 second point it's like oh shit I need to attack and that kind of changes because the whole the whole dynamic of the match because then under this pressure that they need to to go forward um so that kind of thing that, that's a whole different kind of topic of conversation but it's like tactical wrestling then yeah. like not you know maybe maybe you're willing to give up a point on deduction if you're five points ahead and you know you want to you're 30 seconds out from the match you just you let them deduct the point because you're like well i'm gonna win anyway yeah you know um but yeah it is it's it's very 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 taxing. There's that famous uh, DC quote: uh, <coughs> "Embrace the grind." Yeah, ever heard of that before? Yeah, uh, I think that kind of sums up wrestling. Probably it, it is. Yeah. As well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, a very very taxing, brutal sport. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have your own gym, Doug. Actually, I had to close it during COVID. Um, it's completely closed now. So I closed it um, December last year. Right. Um, basically, I've got more people online than I do uh, offline. So you're still keeping point, the. Th- Still, of, still doing PT. Still, yeah, um, yeah. still in the fitness industry. Um, I just not with the gym anymore. Do you um, want to give your PT a bit of a plug? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah way, um, we'll link so it in the description. I'll, kinda, I'll give you the kind of background, but yeah, 20, 2019, um, December twenty eighteen, I took over, had the gym in twenty nineteen, um, and that was just like the year of fitness. That's what it felt like because mm-hmm. it was so busy. It, you know, we had people coming in. It was like twenty people at a class. Three classes on a night, twenty people in every single one, um, Monday to Friday, and then we'd have a class on Saturday morning, packed out as well. We'd have three coaches all PT at the same time, three in the gym, um, and sometimes it'd be group, so there'd be up to four people in a session. Sometimes it'd be one to one. It was just hectic, absolutely hectic. Um, and then during, like during COVID, all I've been, I've basically been an Amazon um, marketer. That's what I've been because I've. People have been like, oh, Doug, I need to get a bit of kit. I want to get this bit of kit for home. What should I get? And I'm like, right, hang on a minute. I'll go find you a decent deal. Find mm-hmm. a set of dumbbells around. <laughs> Ping that off. I should have been getting commission off. Jeff, Amazon. Jeff Bezos <laughs> is sitting there like, good. <laughs> I need more space trips. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, like that's that's kind of like 2020 and, uh, and 2021. Like, obviously, we were open for a little bit during 2020. It's just not yeah. the same. Like, COVID. It's, it's proper just, kill that kind of industry, right? Um, it's just such yeah. a shame. So, I mean, online is, is more of a thing now. Yeah. Like, a lot more people are doing it. So, um, that's why I kind of just made the decision last year. I was like, oh, what, you know, I've keeping this open for a while. I suppose the benefit online as well is you can open out your services to anyone. It doesn't have to be yeah. local people. Exactly. You, um, you can't, I mean, like, you could have somebody in the States that you're working with, yeah. you know, um, and you're you're here in the internet's changed the game forever yeah. really isn't it definitely and it's yeah it is, it's mad so like coaching online now is you know either via zoom what's your kind of average working day just now me so a lot of times it's just check-ins and stuff yeah uh, that i'm doing and, and more you know i'm more putting educational videos together for people my clients so like there'll be things that come up maybe somebody will come in they'll go oh look i'm really struggling um, with a dumbbell bench press. I feel like I've got a really you know, tight shoulder when I do it, and maybe they're benching like this, and they're going really wide, and they're feeling a lot of pain in their shoulders. So it's then my job to go and figure out, right, okay, what options can I give them that are going to be beneficial for them to allow them to go and do that exercise with no pain um, and still you know, progress. So maybe instead of keeping out here, we're tucking the elbows in, we're keeping a more neutral grip. Maybe we're changing the exercise up completely, um, but it's it's going away and kind of creating them educational videos and putting them on. At the minute, I'm just putting them onto YouTube, um, and that's kind of the platform I'm using. Just keeps it nice and simple. But there's just a stream of videos in there for people to go and get their questions answered. Mm-hmm. So if it's a question I constantly keep getting. I'll go and make a video for it and just put it up. But it really is just answering questions and kind of helping people build their confidence, mm-hmm. showing people like simply like. If you're going to the gym, like I'm training at the lunch center at the minute, right? It's packed in there. Like, especially now, January, loads of people are coming back in. It's packed. And you're in there and you try to find space. And, like, even I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable, you know? And I'm I'm teaching people, you yeah. know? So I'm like, there, I'm like, oh, fuck, so many people here. I've got no room. 
And it's like, well, if I was a client, what could I do to make my life easier? Well, I can go and grab that bench, I can grab a dumbbell, and I can go and just crack on with my workout with just these pieces of equipment, rather than going, here's 15 different pieces of equipment you need to be in, <laughs> you know, and sending them around the gym to try and do stuff. It's just, right, go and grab a dumbbell, grab a bench, create your little space, find yourself somewhere to train, and then you can crack on with your workout here, rather than all this different fath that you need. You know, it's... Anyone can get a program. That's the thing. Anyone can get a program online. You can go to fucking bodybuilding.com. Type in, oh, I want a program for getting bigger. Cool. Here's a here's a workout plan. And there'll be 20 different bits of kit in there that you need. Barbells, plates, dumbbells, kettlebells, you know, cable machine, all these different machines in the gym that you use for different muscle groups. And that, if the gym's packed, well, you're not going to... You're going to be in there yeah, for four yeah. hours just trying to get on different things. Whereas if you can actually go to somebody and say, look, uh, you know, I'm I'm in the gym at this time at five PM at night and it's just it's hectic. I can't get in get what kit I need, and I can go okay. Well, what kits can you kind of get? What, what bits of kit can you get your hand on and, and use? And they'll go oh, okay. You know, there's a dumbbell rack there. There's this. Get a list of equipment, and I'll just create a workout that's going to be nice and simple. A workout plan for the next you know four, six, twelve, eight weeks. That's going to be you know something that's going to push them, progress them, but at the same time allow them to go in and get a comfortable session without feeling stressed. Yeah. At the minute, like, all, like it's it's building people's confidence up mm-hmm. with, with it all. Uh, it's like anything. It's like starting a new martial art. Or, you know, you just come to your first jits class. It's, it's very similar. Like, when uh, I went to a gym in, in 2019, I'm someone that used to be, like, 400 pounds or like more of the obese and stuff like that. So, like, I lost, like, 100 pounds for, like, my own Smart. means of, like, running yeah. and Keto. Keto's not the healthiest diet, but I just kind of decided it's not healthy being 400 pounds. So the quicker I get away from yeah, that, the it's, better. It's what works, though, isn't it? But, like, exactly. It's what works for you. Like, I, um, I'm doing a, a kind of presentation I'm putting together at the minute. Um, I'm going to be doing a talk soon, which is basically talking about a little bit more about nutrition. Now, you have a toolbox, right? Like, if you want to lose body fat, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. You probably go on Instagram, you'll hear me talk about this all the time. You hear most coaches talk about this all the time. But, that's the like scientific principle yeah. that you need to you need to know. That's why you're losing weight. But the how is all them different tools that are actually in your toolbox. So if you you want to go keto and that works well for you and you find that really easy to stick to, do it. Yeah. You know, if something if, sustainable, right? Yeah, exactly. Some sustainable. It's like, you know, I mean I'm bad for this as well. Like a couple five, six years ago, I'd be like, Oh shit. Wait, what's this shit? And you know, but at the end of the day, if the reason I think it's shit is because they're not telling people why they're losing weight. They're just going, oh, if you do this, you know, um, you'll lose weight because, you know, you're, yeah. you're not having that many sins or whatever else. Yeah. But in reality, it's because they're in a deficit. But they don't tell you that because they think they'll, they'll lose you in, their, in, you know, in terms of their marketing plan. People realise how basic it is they before I started going to the gym I'd hit like a, a roadblock right I'd lost like 100, 120 pounds I wanted mm. to go further right because I was like you know I've came this far I'm not yeah, just going to settle yeah. for a mediocrity but I was like shit scared of the gym environment because like I'd just totally. kind of worked out through my own means and uh, like having a PT and then actually realising that the people obviously you get some people that are like lifting weights and maybe over exaggerating the, the grunt a bit but yeah. you know like, <laughs> apart from that it was fine Um but like you know, uh, my PT is someone that I still keep in touch to this day because the, yeah. the gym actually closed down in that. But uh, keep in touch with and like I feel like there's a good kind of relationship there with how they help me continue to totally. progress. That's it. Yeah, 
that, that's what it's all about. Personal it's, side to it, you know. Yeah, it, it is. It's personal. It's it's you know going to somebody and it doesn't matter what gym you're in, where you are in the world, as long as that person that you're working with is there to help you yeah. and and give you a, it's it's giving you the, the the information so that you can make your decision rather than going like you know you have to do this. It's okay. Well, you you can do this, but you can also do this. Just find what works for you. Like, I was, like, really pissed at my dad. It's one of them things. Like, he does keto, right? Um, and that works really well for him. And just because that's the food he likes to eat, he doesn't really like eating. Like, he doesn't have pasta or car- you know, he doesn't have carbs much. Yeah. Um, but he's always banging on about it. Keto, keto, keto. And I, I, like, really pissed at him. But we have a little bit of banter about it because it's one of them things, like, keto in the fitness industry. Everyone's bashing on it. You know what I mean? Um, and it is, but, I mean, even me to a certain extent. I've, I've spoke badly of keto before, too. But... It's not, the more and more you think about it, the more and more you realise it, and I've realised this over time, is it's what works for that person. What works for you is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's, it, that's just the way it is. So you've got to find what makes your life easiest and simplest so that you can achieve the thing that you want to achieve without it being like a big push and it being a really, really hard thing that you've got mm-hmm. to, to do, you know? Like if you really enjoy eating, you know, mainly meat and, and kind of high fat, foods yeah sweet yeah Th- this was five years ago though. I, I do not yeah, follow yeah, that yeah. it was desperate times you know 400 works, pounds you know, i couldn't yeah. have been on a vent like, you know like, what totally, I, mean? yeah, like, yeah. I don't really I, I can't imagine like when i think of pt i've just got like a very stereotypical view of pt i yeah it'll be like, like one of those youtube videos you know when they're like, like mid squat with the thumbnail yeah, yeah, <laughs> like i've got like a in my head i've got like a drill sergeant kicking your door in at six in the morning like do obviously it's not like that but do you have a lot of like one to one time where you you need to stay with the person to keep them on track like it's a lot of speaking yeah, motivating so and a lot a lot of it is a lot of it's like it's it's more reassuring people yeah like that they you know people a lot of time they're getting themselves on the right track you know like I, I've had people talk um this week that have been talking about like oh you know I'm I'm feeling like this like so one of my clients has been saying that they've been feeling really um drained and really um tired now they're currently trying to lose body fat so they're in a deficit so they're going to be feeling a little bit drained a little bit tired that you know you're you're consuming less energy than you're burning off so it's going to happen but what they've also done is like reduce their carbs massively because Mm -hmm. in their head they've still got this thought process of carbs are the devil yeah carbs are the devil carbs are the you know you can't eat bread you can't eat pasta so this week my conversation with them was, look, let's try and increase your carbohydrates and let's, let's see how you feel. She's increased her carbs. She feels like she's got more energy. And it's like, well, let's look at that. But let's also look at how's your hydration levels? Are you, are you getting good sleep? How many hours of sleep are you getting? Because if you're getting four hours a night, you know, you're yeah, getting tired. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so it's, it's looking at them different areas because I think when you're doing it yourself, you, you kind of get tunnel vision. You're like, oh, this is the problem I'm having, but I don't know why. Yeah, and, and then, then we look, look for like an instant blame. Yeah, like exactly. it must be white rice. Instead of going like, you know, I look at my actual whole life, uh, you know, and actually looking at yourself a little bit more and going, right, what am I actually doing? You know, like I'm sitting up playing COD until three in the morning. Why am I tired when I get up at six? Hmm, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a denial about <laughs> exactly. it in your head. You like you love doing that thing, so you don't want to like you don't want to say that that's the thing that's causing the issue. But you've kind of just got to look at your whole uh, your life as a whole and go right. What's happening here, here, and here? 
Um, and that's really it for, for in terms of coaching for just now, like, like PT and people. Sometimes it can be a tiny change as well. Like, yeah, yeah dude, know, yeah, yeah. Like something so small in your life that can make that massive, massive, difference. massive difference. It is. It's like you know, I I always push for a lot of people just go out walking, walk, walk, walk. Mm. Like main few reasons. It's great for your health. <laughs> it's free. Like, and it's also time for you to be in your own head. Like, I take my dog out for a walk every day. Like, but that's also time for me to go, like, that 30 minutes, 45 minutes where I can put a podcast on if I want. I can listen to podcast. But if I don't want anything on, I can just go and walk and think about things that are happening in my life that I want to do. And, you know, it's a bit of time for you to kind of de-stress and debrief from, yeah. from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so always, always push that. And then, you know, just, like, training. Say the only way to go forward is on reflection. Yeah, totally, so. yeah. and in yeah. the summer you'll get yeah. running in there as well because you will be dodging seagulls around. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're lossy. Too, right? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely reassuring. So a lot of time for people, I think, it's just people wanting to know that they're actually what they're doing is useful and it's going to get them to the result that they want to get. Yeah, one of your. Uh, videos on the the fitnessing uh fitnessing page yeah uh, is where you do recaps with like clients and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, i really enjoy those conversations because i think you're talking about that kind of uh, realization or being honest with yourself i think that's something that comes ac- not in like a you know mm-hmm. you're a piece of shit kind of way you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. you're just like getting people to kind of mm-hmm. things that maybe they would ignore and we all do stuff we'll like do, that yeah, totally and just kind of recognizing that and then making your life better for yeah. the yeah, uh, as a result of that. Yeah, that's it. Like the only, you're the you are the only person that can change your life. Yeah. Like you know, unless something dramatic happens, like and you get taken to prison or something. Yeah. Like that. But again, yeah. you're the person. It's usually, who's, other people who's that are controlling that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it's you that can change it, it's just a case of turning the kind of turning the flip around, looking at yourself and going, okay, hang on, what am I actually doing as a whole? Like, if you actually mapped out your day to day of what you do, like how much time are you maybe like? You know, say say you're sitting there saying, "Oh, I want to lose weight," but then you know, in the evening you're watching six hours of Netflix and doing fuck all. Like mm. you're not, your actions aren't you know, pushing if towards if your people goals. People spent as much time thinking about the things they want to do and actually doing them yeah. things. Yeah. The world would be a totally different yeah. place. Like, yeah, because um, everyone's yeah. everyone's got great intentions, but when it actually comes to doing that thing, mm. like a lot of people are hesitant, and totally. that, that can be for a, a number of different issues, like. Confidence is a big one. Massive, yeah. Um, but also, like, fear. Yeah, uh, there's also, yeah. like, fear. a suppression thing in today's totally. world. Like, you know, when, like, people, when they have, like, addictions, whether it be alcohol or maybe it might be junk food, smoke, all the kind of things you can think of. Mm-hmm. I, I read a book where it was, like, companies actually that sell those products promote that because if you tell someone something is hard, they're very much less likely to follow through on that. Yeah. And I do believe that kind of yeah. theory, you know, like I, I don't think that there's just an instant, there is things that are like a chemical that people are addicted to and that. But yeah. I think it is overplayed to the extent of they just want it constantly in your mind that it's going to be a battle for you to well, not thing, have. Things like addictions or like addictions to junk food, it's, it's a chemical imbalance of your brain. It's, tell, it's your brain telling you you need that thing. It's you having to change your mind yeah. changes yeah. that chemical, and it's 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 amazing how that actually works. Yeah, just you thinking differently changes just your chemistry. Body, yeah, brain, totally. You know, everything's my everything's mindset. Yeah, like every single thing. Like you know, there's people like I, I I've trained loads of different people, right? And some people will come into the gym, and like the women I train the most, and they'll come in, and 
I'll be training them. I'll be like, right, oh, we could up the weight on that. Like, oh, no, I can't do it. And I know, I'm like, you're pushing those 10 kilo dumbbells like they're nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're holding like a feather. Yeah. Like you could go up. I know you're stronger, but they don't believe they're stronger. They don't believe in themselves enough at that point to go, oh, I'll try the next heavier weight, you know? And then you, you kind of talk them out of doing it. And they'll go, oh, they'll go to 12. And I'll be like, oh, that looks pretty easy too. Oh, we'll go to 15. Oh, we'll go to 17. Before you know it, they're like <laughs> double what they were doing before. And they're absolutely smashing it. Still hitting the same number of reps. But in their head, they're like, oh, you know, whatever reason it is, they, they don't have that self-belief that they could do it. Um, or maybe they think like, you know, like women always go, uh, weights are going to make me bulky. You know, that's that's still that common misconception. Um, whereas there's loads of women that are training, you know, loads of people I've trained um, that, are con- consistently training weights and they're not getting big and bulky, you know, because they're not on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, so it's you know nah, not to say it's all steroids. Some people. I'd imagine like bulk years, aside from um, Mexican supplements. Um, yeah. is, uh, Did you see a lot of like meatheads when you were running the gym, like steroid guys that would come in um, or anything like that, Doug? In so. <laughs> they were I taking the jack scene, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if I can keep that in. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to name any names, like. But like no, I, I mean, I used to. So, like, when I used to first like train years and years ago when I was younger, so years and years ago, like fourteen, twelve years now. Um, but there was a lot of big guys in the gym then, mm-hmm. and like a lot of big guys. Swagging about, yeah. you know, and you Cutting look at them, you're going, under their arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're looking at them, thinking, you could just be, a, you know, been training for years. I and think years. you can tell by people's actions oh. as well. Like, yeah. one that I noticed is like if someone slammed the weight back down onto the rack, totally. I'm like, you're definitely on something. <laughs> <We're great>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I used to you get the guys that'll go and pump like iron for an hour and then run a 10k on the treadmill and you're like steroids you look at like these crossfit athletes and that and they're like whoa like yeah. they, they watch some of these not netflix documentaries about the like the best in the world and these guys are insane like Aye, but yeah this is their job and they get paid a lot of money for it, really. yeah totally so like well that's what i always say like a little bit of my pals and stuff like i'm chatting to them they're like oh Taking stars, they shouldn't be doing that. Like, oh, if you were getting paid like a hundred grand, yeah. you know, to to win this if, event, if somebody's paying <sighs> you quarter a million pound a year to be a wrestler, you're probably going to be one of the best wrestlers in the country, yeah. Because you're not having to think about life; you're getting paid to do what you yeah. want to do. I suppose know? there's a difference as well in like steroids for bodybuilding, where it's it's not really fucking everyone over because everyone's on it. Whereas if you're competing, yeah, you're like, you know what, I'm yeah, just going to split totally. some EPO in that water. And then you outlast someone <laughs> when it's not really you, it's from the kind of drugs that are in your system. Yeah. Then it's a whole different... There's there's that guy on uh, YouTube, I can't remember, uh, Rich Piazza, but he... Oh, he, uh, he died. Yeah. <laughs> he was a he guy died. who was like, yeah, I, I take steroids. Look at the fucking size of me. He's yeah, like, he was openly huge. admitted that he yeah. took steroids. Like, but I, Rumble I, Johnson admitted to it as well when he was bodybuilding. Yeah, Rumble. Well, he went up to like seven hundred pounds of just steel, didn't he? <laughs> like, like. Rumble Johnson has been anywhere from two sixty to one forty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, that, that. I used to go to the gym though. Like if I, so I kind of kept my, you know, my group, my my kind of target market of people um, was. Well, it didn't matter. It was man or woman, really. Um, I tend to have more women, but I kept it 
people who wanted to come at the gym who were feeling uncomfortable about being in a bigger gym. So they could come in like and everyone would just chat away and stuff like that. So I try to keep it quite you know, quite uh closed off in that sense. So I did have like a massive guy come in who, you know, I thought, mm, I don't think you fit the bill here. It's probably isn't the best place for you to be. Like I just politely say like Oh, we actually haven't got any space left. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, it's get the fudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hold that weight if you drop it. it's not. I'm not saying that any any guy that came in there, like there was one of one of my pals, uh, Dave. He came in, he, dude. He's massive. He is huge. Like he's like six four, and he's just wide. He came in and trained, but he spoke to everybody. Was like Sam, yeah. and like I knew him, so I felt comfortable having a, a guy who would look very intimidating to a lot of people going in, be there because he'd be like, "Oh hi, how are you doing? Do you hand me your weight?" Like I need help, yeah. you know. So he, he was—he's a very like chilled out yeah. character. And uh, whereas like when you don't know people and you're trying to keep that, yeah, they could have like difficult. that quick trigger or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you don't know, yeah. Like I seen that before. Like you know, a few folk that trained when Ali had it, um, and like you know. Not gonna name names, but people would come in and they at the time were on. Um you know, not that we knew that that was what they were doing, but they were on and they'd come in and you could like personality change. Sometimes it was just a like they'd be getting mad, mad hyped about doing a bench and like you know, somebody'd say something to them like, Oh dude, can you turn your mute? Oh, fuck off. And you're like, All right, chill out. Like, yeah. Do you know it's mean? not a good environment for like it's not, Especially clients to yeah. like being right, um, and when it is, that's the you know, the bread and butter of the, the business is, is having clients in there and training them, and you're trying to make people feel comfortable, welcome, and like it's an easy environment. To yeah, be in. that's just not what you want. Um, and it's not to say these people aren't nice people; it's just the vibe that's given yeah. off at that point in time. I suppose it's really you can't really say oh, you're not you're not coming in here to train your own roids because you can't you can't, you can't well, well one you can't prove that shit yeah and two. Like, as long as you're not seeing it in your facility, you're getting customers in the door, you know. If you're yeah. trying to run a business at the end of the day, and it's exactly. like, this is a paying customer, you know. I can't treat them any differently just because of someone's misconception yeah. of them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, and you, you get some totally jacked guys that are not on Roy's, and you think yeah. they're on Roy's. And it's, it's like, Francis is gone. He don't even lift weights. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My massive. But, like, some guys that are genuinely got that natural yeah. good physique. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a Triori's another one, <laughs> the Wolves player. Uh, yeah, yeah, Triori, the big yeah. Wolves player. He he's just like amazingly built, but there's not a roid in his system, you know. Aye, yeah. Um, Doesn't lift weights either. I call a bit of BS on that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I think that's all yeah. he does. Yeah, <laughs> in the gym all the time. Pretty shit, yeah. fit bad, but yeah, he's yeah. built. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so that's that's got that's a couple. Quick questions, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Just general ones before we let you go. We've never been going two hours. Time flies when you're it having does, a time, yeah. right? Um, I feel like two hours at all, man. Uh, so one thing I wanted to kind of know is how important and how quick do you get that kind of crom- uh, camaraderie that kind of comes from combat sports? Because obviously, like when you train at SBG, like you've got Kev, Ginge, Aiden, Martin, and yourself yeah. that have all kind of stemmed this gym to be what it is today and whatnot mm-hmm. and all competed and been in each other's corners and whatnot. And you can include Ross Houston and Cam Chang, obviously, yeah. as well in that. I think very quickly, uh, you know, you, you, when you see these people constantly, every single day, like two, three weeks in, you're like, these are my guys. Like, yeah. You know I mean, it just, it, it comes very, very quick. It's very, very natural too because you're spending more time with them. 
You get you're very in, close to someone who sweats all over exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. When you're, when you're in weird positions and you're like, you're, you're like, you've got somebody's like legs over your shoulder and your face is like in their junk and you're like, yeah. oh, um, <laughs> you know, you just, you, you do, you, you have a laugh with it and, you know, all the guys down at SPG, they just have a, they have a laugh all the time. That's the, that's the thing. I think that's the, the, the positive part about going in. It's just, it's just a laugh all the time. Even when you're getting absolutely battered, <laughs> like, yeah. you're still having a laugh and a joke. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And uh, last one before we let you go is Kev was saying to us that if he hadn't got involved in combat sports, he reckoned he would have been not not been a bad person, but been less of a, yeah. a person in the sense he was talking about, like he was getting into, he was hanging about with people that were taking advantage of him and, and mm-hmm. like getting himself in stupid situations and like pubs and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think combat sports has, has been like a, an overall positive thing for you Massive. and it might have went a different way had it not 100%. been there? Yeah, I like, so... Uh, the reason I got into combat sports is because I kind of got into a few fights at school and stuff, and like I kind of just lost my head. Like I got so angry that I'd be punching somebody in the face and smashing their head off the floor because I was just in a rage. Um, and you know that's all fine and well when you're you're young and you can you're not actually doing too much damage to somebody. Yeah. Um, but as you get older. Like, and if you do that on a pub or in the street, you're going to yeah. be going to prison. Yeah, so, like, as well, like, to defend myself, too, because I, I felt like I kind of, all my pals were a little bit more kind of geeky. Um, didn't really do any sports and stuff like that. And that was, like, I, I did sports, but, I, you know, was kind of pally with all these people. And, you know, I kind of felt like I had to defend and protect. I kind of got that in me. I've got quite a protective instinct. The group of people that I'm with, I feel like I've got to look after them. So if I don't feel I can... I kind of felt like a little, a little bit shit. I didn't like it because I'd be like, I'd be nervous about the situation. So like, if I was going to like a party or something like that, I'd feel nervous at a young age because I was like, oh, you don't know what's going to happen. Or you'd go uptown to maybe like the youth cafe. That's where mm-hmm. I was going at the time. And like, there'd be lads from the academy there and you'd be like, oh, you know, there's always a little bit of tension. Yeah, so a weird little bit of tension. Of <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, and you're like, you know, you just want to be able to, to look after yourself. So for me, I was like, I want to do that also like when i did end up getting into fights like you know i'd end up hurting people mm. like and it'd be usually if i fought people it wasn't a fight i was just kicking fuck out of somebody yeah um <laughs> you know and even if it was a fight i was that enraged that a lot of times you know it's only 30 seconds or so that it's happening but i'd i'd end up getting the better of the person because i was so fuming so mad yeah. and i was so intent on what i was doing it didn't matter what the person tried to do at that point in time. Obviously, that's not going to work with everybody. It's just kind of luck of the draw at that yeah, point. Yeah, um, You know, if I'd got mad and maybe went at Martin, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know? you would not be here today. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like it just depends who you're, you know, who you're having that occasion with at the time. But yeah, I I definitely think I'd be in a different place because you know it's it's I've been in, in situations now where I've been out in the pub or in, like, Joanna's and stuff, and folk have started on me. And, like, you know, it's got a little bit of a rough and tumble, but at the end of the day, I've just gone, fuck this, I'm out, see you later. Like, I don't need to be here. What am I trying to prove to this guy? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need to prove it. But see, when you're not, and you feel like you have to prove yourself in front of everybody, because you don't know what you can do, you're like, I have to tell everyone that I can. I'm a, you know, I'm a big, strong man, I can fight. Mm. Like, and it's that. Like, you know, I see it all the time with, like, People, you know, I go to like house parties and whatever else with pals, and they'll see other lads there, and there's always a fight of some sort in there. Yeah, there's always yeah. some sort of drama, 
it's people just getting big. Oh, I'm off with you. And it always ends up in this like basically a wrestling match, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Two guys just like tussling <laughs> around <laughs> each other again. Like, Get off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think like now when I see situations like that, I'm just like, oh, it's fucking pointless. Like yeah. I know, like I can look after myself. I know I can look after the people around me. I, I feel good with that. But at the same time, you don't know who you're fighting. Yeah, you yeah. exactly. Know. Yeah, you don't know what's going. And and when you get, you know, it goes back to that humility thing we were talking about earlier. Like when you know that you could walk into a gym, see a guy, and you think, "Oh, fucking smash you," and then he fucking destroys you. Absolutely right. You know? And then you're like, mm, "Maybe that could be me on the street." <laughs> yeah, that could end up me. Or you could go the other way, and you'd be like, "Well, that guy could have a knife." Exactly. Yeah. Um, you just don't yeah. know. So it it kind of I think it levels your head out kind of and because you understand where you are and what you can do and you know how a fight can can play out yeah. um, when you've been in so many in training so then when you actually think about it, like, fuck this I'll do this on a Monday night I don't need to do this <laughs> Saturday you know what I mean like, I would just... love to see the start of guys that get into a fight on a Saturday night in the pub who've actually ever been in a sober fight in yeah. their life I know non <laughs> probably like some very, kind of very minimal like probably some like mental block that probably causes them to be like that when they do drink right? it, and it's a drink it takes out and then these guys have obviously got this in them and they're obviously thinking this and it takes a drink to kind of yeah out in them you know yeah. and it's like they get this kind of god complex almost yeah yeah, I, yeah totally my dog 2020 and they're, yeah. they're a bloody king you know what I mean yeah no I totally I definitely think it's it's yeah, anyone who's kind of uh, on that kind of knife of falling either side of being like, you know, a bit maybe a bit scrappy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think combat sports is definitely something that will level you out yeah. and, and give you that. Um, yeah, just respect for other people and, and humility to understand like, either, you know, one side, yeah, you could absolutely smash somebody on the street that you're walking past or the other side that know and they could smash you too yeah. <laughs> you know like, a lot of people that realize humility is a good thing to have. yeah it's exactly yeah, totally. they see it as a weakness when it's really yeah. a strength nah, yeah. it's totally a strength yeah, so what does the next couple of years hold for yourself in the well, game um so this is where i'm gonna do my plug <laughs> 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 uh coaching online coaching um and face-to-face coaching i'm still going to be doing that so um definitely where can people find you <laughs> um on instagram at coach 23 uh, and on facebook at doug pt you can get me on there Sweet. Um, so there's that. Um, wrestling wise, uh, I'm just going to be focusing on more and more with the Scotland team um, and kind of aiming for that Commonwealth um, Games. Good luck. Um, yeah, that's, thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's my goal um, is, is to go there and and just get just get better at, at wrestling and just you know enjoy enjoy the process of it because at the end of the day, like you're not going to be doing it for your whole life. You know, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to stop. Hundred percent. Just enjoy is it the, while. Is the MMA career it. over? <laughs> You done with the switch kicks? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Um, do you know what? I toy with this idea all the time. Uh, I definitely want to get back into jits. I've not been doing as much jits over the last um, kind of four years, just because I've been wrestling more. So yeah. I, I want to get back into rolling a bit more and, and getting back to jits classes and stuff. Um, Hope you're watching, watching Martin. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. you can drag me down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's things like that, like seeing like Martin and Kev, um, you know, recently getting promoted and stuff. I'm like. You know, I've been rolling with these guys and training with these guys for for years now, um, like, and it kind of gives you that bit of incentive to like spur Even on. Like, like, what I notice is people like Jamie Steele, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and yeah, totally. Jamie Steele when he first came, Jamie, Jamie's a teacher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, big lanky guy, big ginger headed guy, and to look at him, you think this is just yeah. some random Scottish guy, and then 
Jamie's got the longest legs in the world. I super long legs. Now a blue belt, and he's actually like a decent level blue yeah. belt. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. he is a guy that is just trained and trained and trained and trained and trained. And through that, he's not got any outstanding physical abilities. He's not the best athlete in the world. Perseverance, yeah. though. Pure perseverance has got totally. to. He's got yeah. to, like, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I hadn't rolled with him for maybe, like, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, came back and rolled with him a um, couple months back now. And, yeah, his level's come on so much. Yeah. And, and it's it's mad. And, you know, to think, like, at that, at that point, that's somebody, when I f- was training jits all the time, that was like one of the white belts that had come in, yeah. and he's not, you know, the level has just come up. So, totally, it's, it's, uh, you know, at, at all, you don't realize what you've got in, in Elgin. So, the people in Elgin, yeah. anyone listening, you don't realize what you've got at SPG Murray because there's so many high level guys there. That mu- um, I would imagine that's probably an, a more proud moment for the likes of Kevin Martin than actually getting themselves promoted as seeing someone. Yeah, I, can, I, can, imagine, I can only imagine how proud them guys are feeling with the likes of someone like Shay. Yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong, Shay is putting just as much work himself more than anyone, and he's the biggest student of the game you'll ever meet. Yeah. But Martin and that must have some smile on her face watching him yeah. go watching him go level levels. Yeah. 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 You know, that's... Yeah. Just being a part of that journey of yeah. that person. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like. And, like, I can see Shay being very quickly fast-tracked to Black Belt in the next, like, five oh, yeah. to ten years. You know, he is that elite level. And it 100%. must be like, ah, it's like amazing. If yeah. Yeah. I was that guy's first coach or, you know. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, Even totally. like, so myself, I've rolled with that guy, you know. And yeah. It's just things like that, you know. It's yeah. That gym is definitely on the rise in, like, you know, in a pincer manoeuvre, right? Everyone's just going for it. In I think there was, a, there was a, t- a while where they were just on an absolute tear with MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nobody in the gym had been beaten in a beaten. few years, like. Yeah. Um, um, and Jits, they were just smashing everything, but. The one that always gets me, if, if you follow Smooth Comp online, you always find the team medals at the end of comps. SPG are always like fourth, third, sometimes second. And there's normally like four or five guys competing at a time. And you've yeah. got teams like the Grip House who've got 40 guys competing. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it just, mad. I suppose it's like, it's intense coaching because you're getting a lot more one-to-one stuff. Yeah. You're not having to deal with 40 different JITS classes a week. Exactly. Um, but it definitely helps. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's it's a it's a hidden gem in terms of combat sports up here. Yeah, um, to have that, you know, and the SBG affiliation, there. I suppose, helps massively. You've yeah. got access to high high level coaches, yeah. like it's it's it is Matt. Like you look at the the guys there, like you know, purple belt, brown belts, black belt now in that club, and like most people think, like people just who don't understand jujitsu or you know that kind of combat sport. They'll go in and they'll go, oh, black belt. And it's like, that that was a lot harder to get than like a mm-hmm. kickboxing black belt. Yeah. Like, that was a lot harder. It's not get. your standard you eight-year-old kickboxing black belt. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you what's know? the quickest that someone's done? Is it four years? Yeah. I think BJ Penn was three. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was yeah. like three and a half years. The average is 10 though, right? Something like that. I think I'm not trying to make it sound like I, a driving test or anything. More than that, I would say you're probably I talking like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15, 20, and that's like that, yeah. that's not just like oh, a bit of a hobbyist. That's probably training four or five times a week. Yeah, to get to that level. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. And a lot of these guys, I, I, I wouldn't say all of them, but ninety nine point nine percent of black belts have competed at every level mm. they've been yeah. at. Yeah, um, aye. There's just like so many 
surreal moments for this but area do you right not now. Notice, yeah. like, do you are you on Scottish BGJ page and the underground? Uh, ah, yeah, the underground. Yeah. Do you not notice the amount of black belt Scotland's had in the last six months? Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely exploded. There must be. When I started training, I think there was two. I think that yeah. was Paul McBain. Um, uh, not Paul McBain. Sorry, Paul McVay. Is it McVay? Yeah. And um, Marcos Nardini. I think they were the only two. Two at the time. Yeah. And now I think we've got about thirty odd. Like Jesus. Yeah. Which it, it's mad. It just shows like how many people have been training consistently over the last you know ten fifteen years. Yeah. In, in jits, and now it's kind of coming in. Like now we've got a good base of 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 black belts and high level guys. Um. It's it's shown in the MMA scene as well. Yeah. Totally, totally. And you've got people like Aiden, Stephen, and Ross Houston fighting. Well, it was on BT Sport before they removed it and put it on Fight Pass. In Cage Warriors, I remember someone said to me, "Oh, Aiden Stephen's fighting on BT Sport." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "This is the the, the channel that has so the Champions League like, final on it." Yeah. And then yeah. the way that he yeah. it just completed the circle with what he did to Chris Edwards that night in front of the biggest audience. And you're like, yeah. "These dudes are absolutely killing it, man!" So yeah. Yeah. it's like it's crazy to think you were talking about Shay before. Like world champion from Prince Orange, it's, it's like <laughs> still gonna get it's the same. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. It's like that. You know, you're watching these guys from Inverness, from Elgin, that are fighting on TV. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that you know, back in the day, that that, that just that blows my mind. That sentence right yeah, there. Even like, back in the day, guys from Scotland, yeah, you know, yeah, fighting yeah. On the scene, like it yeah. just didn't happen. You know, Robert Whiteford and that. They, yeah. they were the first kind of guys. Scottish MMA didn't really totally. exist yeah. uh, apart no. from like a local level. Yeah, um, to Chris Duncan though, Chris, Paul Craig, yeah, Chris Duncan's doing really well for himself. Animal. Like he got really yeah. unlucky in his last fight, Duncan. But uh, yeah, he's he's yeah, he'll come back for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot more guys now. A lot more guys. Yeah, um, and you know they're seeking out the training. Like they're seeking out. Uh, and Scotland's always been like you look at the history of Scottish boxers. Mm-hmm. Rich history in Scottish yeah, sure. boxing, like, and well, we've got one of the undisputed champions right now, right, Josh Taylor. Yeah, yeah. But even when you go back to like Sir Arthur Ashe and all yeah. that, you know, Jim Watt, way well. back then, yeah. like that's that's a good pedigree to come from. So you can see, you hope it like falls into MMA as well. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. a tough breed of Scottish. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. yeah. percent. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Well, yeah. Anyway, this has been an absolute pleasure, gents. Yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed yeah, it. We've got a heat this very time. Much so you, yeah, no, I've you've not fine. had to suffer no. as much this time. <laughs> no, absolutely. Appreciate the time, dude. Um, Thank you very much. It's, it's been two hours, so I appreciate the little thing that we've got going on here. We'll set up that thing. Um, me, me and Brad. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that, and then I think we've got Kev to agree to the last time, but I think. Ryan's planning taking this to SBG and getting the five years. Oh, cool. Okay. Here, like the actual kind of misfits. Yeah, story because cool we yeah. kind of all spoke to you. Well, we will have spoke to you all individually. I'm pretty sure the time, between the five years, I, I can't even remember off my top of my head. But there's been some absolute fucking laughs that have happened. Like oh, you know, these guys yeah. all know some of the stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. like even we were talking about like the buses down to the fights. You know, the damn buses used to get absolutely wild. Like. Yeah, they get funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Nah, definitely. That'd be an awesome one to do. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd be really keen for that. That'd be awesome. So yeah, sweet, nice. Yeah, man, definitely. See you soon. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. This podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify.